Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Welcome to episode number 171 of the Classic Gaming Podcast. Today on this beautiful Sunday afternoon, Sunday. it's yeah. uh-huh. it's January. It's weird, right? Yeah, it's the first time I think we've ever recorded on a Sunday, January 16th, no, uh, no less. I'm Robert Ring. With me is Jay Totoro. What's up, Jay? How's it going? Hey, good afternoon. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, this is our first episode back since uh, Christmas and the New Year and everything. How how was your break? I was nice. Uh, got got to spend some time with my family. You know, with, with everything going on with COVID right now, I was a little concerned that uh, that wouldn't be manageable in today's world. But thankfully, I was able to take some time away, spend spend some time with my family, and then I took some time off and went up to a cabin with some friends and my brother and stuff. And that was that was also very enjoyable. So overall, it was really great. Hell All yeah! Stuff. Uh, mine was good too. Had a, we had a good Christmas. We uh, I had actually a couple. Couple developments, couple de- per, uh, personal developments over the uh, over the break. Um, first one is we got a new dog. Did you really? I didn't know that. Yeah. So um, we had a Schnauzer that died, uh, unfortunately, about t- two or three months ago. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, and my wife's been really upset about it because he was like, she was like, you know, he was like basically almost like hers. Um, yeah, sure. But obviously, he was like all of ours. But she was just really close with him. But we. Uh, like just a couple days before Christmas, we were so we knew we, that we were going to like adopt a dog eventually. Sure. Um, we decided that we're going to try like fostering one. And Whoa! So like it was like the twenty third. It was like December twenty third or something like that. We went to the Humane Society, and uh, we're like, yeah, we're interested in in fostering one. And they have a they have a program where it's like it's like less of a commitment even than fostering. It's just you like take a dog for the weekend basically. And, yep. uh, just to like get the dog out and let them kind of like socialize and stuff. And then you bring them back. We're like, so we're, we're thinking about doing this and then maybe fostering eventually. They're like, great. So we like, you know, checked out a couple dogs and like, you know, walked around with them and stuff. And like after two or three, there was one that, that, that kind of seemed like it would be a better fit, uh, for us. Most, mostly with like how big, how big she was like, cause we have a Jack Russell. So if like, if they don't get along, we don't want a huge dog that's just going to like tear him up, you know, yep. if they, if they like get in a little scrap or something. And uh, so she's a boxer. So she's definitely bigger than him, but not like massive, massively. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. She's, she's very big compared to him, but like the other dog we had seen was like 70 pounds or something like that. Like borderline, uh-huh. borderline great Dane territory. So we decided to take her home. She seems sweet. And like on the way home, not even 
we hadn't even gotten home yet. We were like, we're going to end up keeping this dog, aren't we? <laughs> and uh, that's exactly what happened. We did. We, so we, Oh man, we, we had her like, we had her over the Christmas weekend and then Monday we were supposed to take her back and we were like, we called up and we we're like, yeah, we just want to go ahead and adopt her. <laughs> Yay, good on you. Yeah, so it, it was it was it was really cool and fun and she's very, very sweet. What did you name her? Oh, you ready for this? Oh no. Lulu. No way. Yep. <laughs> Why'd you go with Lu Boo? Huh? Well, you said Lu Boo. No, no, Lulu. Oh, I think you said Lu Boo, like, like from that. Yeah. No, Lulu. Oh, very cool. Um Uh so what was I saying? Anyway, that's what we named her. And uh, so we kept her and she is incredibly sweet. She's like, so as I said, she's a boxer. You know, like, have you ever seen Christmas Vacation? If you've seen Christmas Vacation, you know how his his brother Eddie has like that dog that's like loud as shit. Like, just like snarl, like not, not like angry snarling, but like just like slobbering and making dog noises, like incredibly loud, like. She does that, but even worse, <laughs> like she'll just be sitting there licking or something and just like making the loudest slobber sounds you've ever heard. And then oh. she does it for five minutes and then stops. And it's like, she hasn't been breathing the whole entire time. She just like, is like desperately trying to catch her breath afterward. It's hilarious. I wonder for her dogs. Yeah, I know. Uh, but she's awesome. Uh, so congratulations. Got... I'm really happy for you. Thanks. Yeah. We're, 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 we're really excited too. She's five years old. Um, we wanted to get, we wanted to, yeah, we wanted to get one like also that like we, we thought like had a little bit less of a chance of getting adopted. So we didn't, we didn't want to get like a puppy or something, even though obviously, of course, everybody adopts puppies, right? Everybody adopts the puppies and that would be great. But we kind of wanted to get one that, you know, not everybody. Have you seen those posts where, where like the humane society or whatever will say like, Hey, don't, don't give your child a dog or whatever for Christmas. Like it's not a, it's not a Christmas, (laughs) right? It's not a Christmas present. (laughs) And and I'm not trying to say you guys do that, but that like makes me so sad, especially when I think about puppies and stuff. It's like, yeah. Oh, it's just so much. A dog's a lot of work. It really is, but it's totally worth it. I mean, dogs are wonderful. We we took Diego to the dog park today. Mm -hmm. Love it. Absolutely fantastic experience. Oh, that's, that's, that's awesome. I think she would do great at a dog park. Um, it's really good for socializing them too. Like if you ever have like those things where you're like, hmm, like this isn't going well, or you're like concerned how she'll interact with the dogs. Right. Dogs socialize very well, and they're they're very communicative with one another. Uh-huh. Like when, if they're not doing something uh, well or something right, they will uh, communicate in a very clear manner. So yeah, we've had it. We have had a few times where like our dogs have sort of like growled at each other, just just very quietly. Sure. Um, and we're kind of like we kind of like snap at and be like, uh. Uh-uh. And, yep. uh, and then they and then they cut it out and that seems That's great education yeah they seem to be cool with each other now sometimes if she like really so like she she doesn't quite know her boundaries yet and sometimes she'll get like just like basically on top of the jack russell like not even trying to like hang oh. out with him but just like trying to get comfy on the couch and ends up like way too close and he'll kind of growl at her just like back off please um and but and, and i think communication. She, yeah exactly and she kind of gets it and understands so uh so I think, I think like they pretty much act like roommates. Like they almost don't even care about each other, but they've, they've kind of learned, she's, she's kind of learned not to get like, you know, just kind of keep her distance a little from him. Just don't bother the hell out of him basically. Um, so I think they're, I think they have kind of figured each other out and, uh, like they haven't had any issues yet or anything like that. So everything seems to be going pretty well. So that's happy. awesome. I'm glad you guys figured it out so quickly. I mean, that's, that's a lot, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so that was exciting. Um, I did have one more thing. I, t- I told you about this a couple weeks ago. Um, 
I so you know how we've I've this has just kind of been a, a discovery of my own that I've had since like I guess the past year or two. Um and we've kind of talked about it on the podcast where I sort of realized like I have a big I'm like I have a hobby of like basically collecting new hobbies. Oh yeah, 100%. Uh, is is I guess the way I would put it. And I sort of took that to the extreme and became an EMT. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh I I I have my license now, so it's it's science deal delivered done deal at this point. Congratulations. Oh, so you passed your test. Yeah, I passed the test. I got certified and then sent off the paperwork and got my license in the mail just a few days ago actually. Dude, you're crazy. Congratulations. I, I I guess that makes sense. If you say you're certified, that usually implies that you passed the test. I just didn't connect the dots. So. Yeah, yeah. The test, yeah. Well, yeah, that, that that last test that I um yeah, so I guess I talked to you before I had taken the final like certification test, which is like the national test that you gotta take. I took that and yeah, I passed that. And then it's just a matter of paperwork basically to get your license. Um cool. so I got that. Uh so I think I'm gonna do it like my my plan is to do that part time. Um just kind of for satisfaction really more than more than anything else um because i got i've got like free spare time uh my my main job somehow does, yeah somehow. Somehow. <laughs> well, yeah robert's one of those highly motivated people we always criticize in our minds just so you're all aware yeah um my my actual job like leaves me lots of spare time so i was like this will be a fun thing to do i think and uh so currently i'm working on uh advanced certification and that'll be one more semester right now see how that goes and I don't plan on going any farther than that, but um, once I'm done with that, then I'm gonna plan to be working like, like probably like very part time. So uh, yeah, I mean, so, good on you. I'm excited about it. It's been fun so far, and and we'll see how it goes. Cool. Well, congratulations again. That's awesome. Did you get any cool? Thank you. Did you get any cool stuff for Christmas? Um, I'm an, I'm officially an adult. So I got a bunch of adult stuff that I really wanted, um, okay. such as I got a new spice rack, which I was really excited about. I got some new cleaning util- uh, cleaning tools, which I've been getting really into cleaning as of recent. So honestly, oh, like what really kind of cleaning tools? Of you get a pressure washer? Uh, no, I power washer. I, I don't think I would want one. I, we we got a, a carpet cleaner, like a like a really in depth carpet cleaner, and it is it works so unbelievably well. Like the difference. We did one half of the carpet. We haven't done the other half yet, and it's like. It's just so noticeable. I'm so happy about it. Hell yeah. Yeah. So what about you? So you spent, you so cool? you spent Christmas day, like scrubbing the carpets and stuff. Literally the day fun? after, literally <laughs> the day after it was the first thing I opened. Not even joking. I got goof troop for super Nintendo. Oh no. Like an actual physical copy. Yeah. Dang. Is that a price tag? No, not really. Uh, I, f- I actually like bought it for myself and just gave it to my wife and like, here, this is one of my, presents. give this to me. Yeah. Um, I felt like, actually, I, I don't know if I got it, just got a, got lucky or not. Uh, I feel like I had seen it on eBay for like a hundred or $200 or something like that. And like, there weren't very many copies, but then one popped up one day in great condition for like $25. So I snagged it. Um, I don't know if the, if the, if the more expensive ones I saw are just like the people who just like put stuff up, that's way overpriced. Just hoping someone, yeah, buy it, you know, just to inflate it. Yeah. I'm not sure like what the average price is, but anyway, I got it for a pretty good price. Uh, I also got, Oh, I got uh Suikoden two. That one was, hmm. that one was more pricey. That one's hard to find. And a lot of people love it. Um, so it, it goes for a lot. Um, those are the, those are the games I got. Uh, I'm trying to think. I feel like I got, 
something else. I, you know, just like miscellaneous other little things. Uh, I got like a new guitar pedal, a new effects pedal. Um, another hobby of yours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another, another hobby. Ring hobby. Um, and uh, yeah, nothing else like super noteworthy, I don't think. I, wh- that Which, that reminds me, I need to decide what I want for my birthday because that's only like a month away now. And I'm thinking I might get a virtual boy. Ooh, I was, it's funny. Uh, I was actually thinking about doing a uh, emulator of a virtual boy. My sister and I were talking about it not too long ago. Oh, really? That, that would yeah. be one of the, ca- well, I guess it's not that uncommon, but a case where. I think that's pretty uncommon. Emu- well, I think emulation would be the superior way to, to play a virtual oh, boy. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Because, <laughs> like, it's supposed to cause headaches and all this stuff and, like, neck aches, too, the way you have to, like, lean over. Yeah, the neck aches were real. I rented one from Blockbuster a few times. Oh, did you? Yeah. I really oh, enjoyed that's it, awesome. to be honest with you. I, like, when people started talking shit about it years later, I was like, oh, am I not supposed to like this thing? Because I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I have a feeling it's... I mean, well, I mean, I don't really know because I've never played one. But I could easily see it being one of those things that's, like, very easy to make fun of and, and, and warranted for, for many reasons. But sure. but then actually does still have good games. It I was I really fun. What was... What were... Do you remember like what some of the better games were for it? No, I actually don't. That's the funny part. My sister, my sister, and I talked about it not too long ago, and she was like, "What was that system we rented from Blockbuster that was like it was red and it was on like a tripod?" And I was like, "Oh, freaking Virtual Boy!" And then we were talking about it, and because her and I spent the most time on it in our family, uh-huh. and I cannot, I cannot tell you like what games we played on it, but I really enjoyed it. I don't remember what game it was, but I got very close to beating it, and then we returned it and didn't rent it again. And I was really, really bummed. You don't remember it. anything about it? Nope. Oh man, let's see. I, if I saw the game again, it might trigger you know the memory of it, but sure. no, it's been it's been far too long. Looks like I see one. Okay, like so, I pulled up Virtual Boy on eBay. I see one for like two hundred and twenty dollars. Well, that's not Ooh. okay. That's that's with two bids, two days left. Um, I see one complete in box for eight hundred dollars. Um, like actually, I see another one in, in box that's. Only three hundred right now. So this, I mean, they're kind of expensive, but not like in, not like absolutely insane. Sure. We can do um, some, if you do get yeah, one, we can use it as a uh, game of the quarter type deal at some point too. Oh, that would be fun. <laughs> well, that would be fun, but that would be leaving out all of the listeners, basically. That is true. I mean, they could always emulate it. Oh, I forgot yeah. that it has this uh, controller that looks like a GameCube controller. Oh yeah, because it's it's like connected to the thing, right? Like the base of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, can, I don't even remember what the controller looks like beyond that. That's funny. Here, look at this. Um, this is like this must be the like where they got the idea for the GameCube controller shape. Um, it looks very very similar. Oh wow! Oh, that thing is ugly. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah, very similar but worse. <laughs> That's a very ugly device. Um. I wonder why they, well, I guess it's probably very, I was going to say, I wonder why they didn't just have it to where you strap it on your head, but I guess it's probably too heavy. It looks like it's very, like, front heavy and bulky. I don't remember how heavy it was. I don't, I don't think, I don't know. Probably not heavy. I, and, we, probably I too heavy to strap. Table. Huh? I played, <laughs> too heavy to strap. I've heard that before. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I used to play it on my kitchen table a lot. Okay. I'm sure my uh, wife won't mind if that's where I just keep it. Oh, no. All the time? Yeah. So anyway, this is this that's that's my leading idea right now. Um, we'll see what happens. Cool. Um, I think that's all the updates I've got. Do you have anything else before we start talking about games? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. No. 
think I'm good otherwise. So just a couple news things real fast. Um, I've only got two things here. The, the, the main thing is that Awesome Games Done Quick just ended. I always love this. Like, even if I don't pay, sometimes like I just really don't pay attention, but to, but like a few of them, but I, I love having it on in the background. Oh yeah, me too. It's a good background type deal. I mean, a lot of Twitch streams are, but yeah, I know what you mean. Um, did you watch much of it? We were talking about this a little bit beforehand. I actually don't even, maybe, maybe three to four hours. I watched, I watched a lot of Slay the Spire, not a lot, but I watched all the Slay the Spire when they did it. I watched. Oh, how was that? I didn't see that one. They beat the game in eight minutes, which made How? my ego just deplete to zero. Yeah, it was really great to watch. Can you give me a my, quick, my non-existent ego. quick idea of how that's even how they do that? They they definitely cheat. They're, they're, it was an any percent, so they definitely used a lot of like exploitation type stuff, which is okay. you know totally within the rules. I'm not criticizing, but it, right. there's definitely some things they did that, um, like there's just a lot of exploits that exist in that game. I gotta I pull that up and watch about. it later. It was fun. It's a short. It's like fifty minutes, maybe an hour. Because okay. they, they beat it so quick. Yeah, yeah. I watched the Hades one a little bit too, and it was um, like it was almost just like it was very impressive. It almost was just pointless to watch because I was like, oh, how are they gonna like do this? And then you just watch them. They run into a room of bad guys, and it's just a flurry of them jumping around and like you know sword swinging effects Throwing and it. stuff. And then everybody's just dead. It's like well, I have it no wasn't idea. Even close. It's like I don't even know what just happened. All I know is that they hit a lot of buttons and everybody died like in five seconds. Yeah, at no point were they were they under threat of losing. Yeah, which is insane because every time I play Hades, that's the majority of my experience. Is like, am yeah. I gonna live here? Right. Um, the couple that I saw that were really good were there was this guy doing. I don't remember what it was called. It was it was like a Dance Dance Revolution type game. Oh yeah, yeah, I watched that. You saw that guy? That, that was yeah, yeah, fucking incredible. insane. I don't. Yeah, remember. when they would like pan to his feet, or when when they would pan to him, I was just like, uh. Uh huh. Um, I don't remember what the game was. It wasn't DDR, but it was like, you know, just one of those types of games. But it seemed like, like the way they were talking, it was one where you can like kind of custom make your own, uh, like, you know, sequences that have to be done. And, and you can like customize the animations even that show the arrows that you're supposed to do. And it was such, uh, like insane display of arrows that I could not even follow it. Just, yeah. I couldn't even understand what was going just watching it with my eyes. Like, they would have them coming from all different directions, or they'd have them, like, flipped upside down, or super blurry. Or, like, one time it switched to, or it had, like, the words left, right, up, down, instead of just arrows. And it was, like, a million of these all at once. Uh, and the guy was just nailing every one of them. Uh, like, it was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen on on awesome games yeah, that quick. That's not an understatement at all. It was yeah. it was actually crazy. I didn't watch all of that one, but the the parts that I did watch I, was, I just once again, if you have an ego at this point, it's non-existent. Right, right. There was a guy who did Sekiro Shadows Die twice the the entire game blindfolded. It was two it took him 2 hours. He memorized 2 hour two like he played the full game 2 hours, everything memorized blindfolded. That is uh, insane. That was that was like 99% as impressive as the as the dancing guy. Um oh and then there was one one more uh I think I forgot what the name of the game uh okay I've got it written Kina Bridge of Spirits. So this guy this is this is a newer indie game. The guy did his run. 
and he was like, yeah. So and like after he finished, he's like, so, th- so there's my run. Thanks everybody for watching. Uh, I felt, I felt pretty good about it. I was a little bit sloppy. There's some parts that, uh, I definitely messed up on, but, uh, I didn't die at all. So that's good. And then they were like, they came on, they go, uh, you broke the world record by a minute. <laughs> what? <laughs> so that was pretty funny. It must be a newer speed running game. Yeah, I think it probably is. Um, cause the game itself isn't even that old, but, uh. Yeah, that was that. That was those were the standouts to me. They did Metal Gear Solid last night. I, I actually watched part of that too. God, I, I don't even remember half the games I watched. I actually did watch part of Metal Gear Solid. Okay, so I fell asleep kind of early last night. Um, I'm gonna go back and watch it. Did you? How was it? Was it good? I have no idea, to be honest with you. I, I'm, I, <laughs> okay. I don't love MGS, but I just like watched a little bit of. I probably watched right. like five minutes of that one. Okay, okay. Yeah. So I'll go back and, and check that one. I'm out. sure it was great. I mean, at the end of the day, it's people destroying it, but yeah, yeah. So that was fun. As oh, and they they raised. Hold on, I pulled it up. They broke their record once again for how much money they raised for um, the Prevent Cancer Foundation. I had it pulled up, so I don't have the exact number with me because I guess I closed it out already. But it was three point four something million dollars. Jesus. Uh, they break their record like almost every time. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think like maybe one of the last like the last couple times maybe they did not, but uh. Like, up until then, they had every time, and now they're doing it again. It's so crazy. By the way, the Metal Gear Solid run, they there was one part where the guy was explaining, like, apparently, you know the alerts that go off in the game? Yeah. Uh, there was a thing where the guy was talking about it, and he was saying, like, because they triggered a bunch of alerts at a, early on in the game, it, like, modified part of his strategy for the remainder of the game. I didn't understand it, because I never... Like, huh. I know the alerts, obviously, from Metal Gear Solid, yeah. but... It was just interesting because he was saying like, well, thank God we did all the, we got a bunch of alerts off early because it made like this part of the game that much easier and shit. And I'm just like, what? I wonder if it like, like how do you figure that out? Oh uh, yeah, I know. Like that's how, I, that's how, that's w- what I'm asking myself through 99% of these speed runs. They're like, oh yeah, we figured out if you hit this wall and pause it at the exact right time and then unpause and jump and then press down, then you like skip through these walls and you jump six hours through the game. It's like, how in the hell did somebody figure that out for the first time? Yeah. There's two ways I've seen, because there's a, there's some really great uh, YouTube channels where people actually like explain the evolution of, of speed running. Like one of, one of my favorite ones, there's one where they, they talk about Mario Kart. I want to say for GameCube, I think okay. it's the, the one that I watched. And what's very interesting is there's two ways to generally do it. One is just like somebody accidentally does something and then they like, are like, wait, what the hell was that? Like, how did that happen? And then they like work it backwards. The other one is they'll actually take it to test environments and they'll like just continuously throw things around until something new happens. Basically. Sure. Okay. Very interesting. That's I, I, I wondered if it was kind of a mixture of sort of those two things. But yeah, it blows my mind how they just figure out some of that stuff in the first it, place. It's actually crazy. I agree with you. Um, one other thing, and this isn't really news, but it's just kind of interesting. Um, Jimmatsu.com. Uh, this is an article on their website. They, uh, they report that the, uh, a TV station in Japan, TV Asahi, uh, did a like user or like a, I guess a viewer, um, vote on their favorite console games. So it kind of okay. gives you a picture of like what console games are popular in Japan. Are like people's most favorite in Japan. It says over fifty thousand Japanese users vote for their favorite console games in TV Asahi poll, top one hundred announced, and they've got a list of the top one hundred here. Um, obviously, I'm not going to go through all of them, but it's a bunch of you kind of like what you expect: a bunch of Final Fantasy, a bunch of Dragon Quest, a um, bunch of Nintendo stuff, um, some Pokemon things like that. 
Uh, I'll run through the top 10 real quick. Um, let's see. 10, Super Mario 3. 9, Final Fantasy 10. 8, Chrono Trigger. 7, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. 6, Dragon Quest 3. 5, Splatoon 2. That's kind of interesting that that's that high. Hey. 4, Animal Crossing New Horizons. 3, Final Fantasy 7. 2, Dragon Quest 5. And number 1, uh, this is also kind of surprising to me, uh, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. That doesn't surprise I'll be honest, that game is just so incredible. Yeah, but number 1? I'll be honest, I mean, I'm surprised. I, I, I would not, think Dragon Quest. Not it surprised, would be, not surprised. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that would, be, that would be my, like, if I had to guess ahead of time, I would expect that, but... Uh, Breath of the Wild is an incredible game, and the DLC adds a lot to it. Does it? I never played any of that. Yeah, I, 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 I've watched Hunter play, and I've played a little bit of it, but I've watched him play for like hours and hours and hours. There's a ton of content to it. Gotcha. Earthbound was 28. I'm just looking now. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 was the highest Metal Gear game. It was at 18. Undertale was 13. Um, anyway, it was just kind of an interesting list. Just kind of get an idea of what kind of stuff they, they, they like. So uh, why don't we talk about games? I've got a few. How, how many? How many are you going to be talking about tonight? I actually have three, but they're they're generally considered they'd be a lot smaller. So if you maybe want to ping pong back and forth, yeah, let's do that. So uh, how about you go first? We'll go back and forth. I think so. You've got three. I've got three. Why don't you kick us off? Sure. Um, I will talk about. So I played a couple of older MMOs. Um, I played two two older MMOs and then one one game that I've actually talked about not too long ago on the podcast. So I'll talk about the two MMOs first, and I'll talk about the repeat last. Uh, some of these MMOs are, are still a little bit newer than 2005, just as a heads up. But as I'm going through and just trying old school MMOs and trying to find things that are still kind of um, still enjoyable today. But uh, the, the first one that I played was Lord of the Rings Online, um, which is... Actually, let me see what year this came out. I was about to pull it up, too. It was uh, two, uh, 2007. 2007, okay. Uh, and this, you know, this obviously came out during the the peak, one of the peaks of many peaks of WoW. So a lot of people didn't know about this game or didn't play. I I knew of it, but I didn't necessarily uh, play too much. The two games that everybody talked about at the time were WoW and Conan. I don't know if Conan came out at this time, but there was a lot of like hype for Conan, which obviously didn't do too well because most people don't even know about it anymore. But Lord of the Rings is a very traditional uh, MMO. It has a lot of the same qualities. Feels you know like a descendant of, of wow like some form of a wow clone um you have your you know your standard character creation there's two factions there's classes within those factions as you start the game you know you start out with very limited abilities you grow and develop your character and and so on and so forth the combat is it's not bad it's um it's not an action uh, mmo you know you have your at you have your hot bar which you have your abilities on um you can use different abilities there's obviously some delay for larger abilities the latency on the game itself today is not bad. Um, there are some older MMOs that you'll play for whatever reason. They decided to add like a point. It, it's like Final Fantasy XIV. There's like that half second, one second delay, whatever it is, the 1.5 second GCD, global cooldown. Um, it's kind of like that, but it's it's much more reduced, which I really like. I, I don't oh, really. really enjoy uh, MMOs that have large like global cooldowns or substantial delays between abilities. I think it creates like... I don't know. It just, it, for me, it, it disrupts combat in a way. Okay. Um, so I was really happy about that because, uh, like I said, a lot of older MMOs, you'll you'll run into that where they will have like really large global cooldowns where maybe it's like, and I, I think that probably had to do with addressing server issues and stability back in the day because people's internet 
were not as up to speed as they are today, obviously. So I think they probably put that in place to help in PvP especially, just to give people, you know, a little bit of a buffer when they cast an ability. You know, it doesn't matter as much if their latency is 300, 300 instead of 70 if they're closer or further from the servers. So uh, that part of it I was really appreciative of. Uh, the character I played, I played like a, a warrior-ish type paladin class. Um, I played, I think I played like a dwarf. I want to say like some form of a dwarf. And the uh, the population for the game is very minimal. I ran into a handful of people and I did some group stuff together. Where I did like group quests and I, I tried to do some dungeons, but I'll be honest, I kind of struggled to understand the map. The map was oh, not... Really? super intuitive and interactive yeah like it had icons and it had like some sort of sort of a legend that told you where different things were on the map but it wasn't enough to where you truly understood and there were times where the game there was like an ongoing tutorial that would they would kind of guide your hand and tell you where to go and then once the tutorial ended i got lost for sure there was there were some areas where it was like oh it would give you like a general guide of like oh you need to go to this area and then you'd like open your map and that area is not on there and then you would like zoom out and you still wouldn't see it. So I'd have to end up Googling it. And sometimes certain locations just weren't listed on the physical map. Oh, um, you just had to kind of know that as tribal knowledge, I guess, which is kind of whatever. Um, I will say some of the, so they, they have, it, they, the, the starting zone that I started leveling in felt very similar to Dunmotor. I think it's Dunmotor, Dunmora, Dunmora uh, from, from Dun, WoW, Dun, which is the, yeah, the dwarf. Levels. And what'd you say? I thought I was like, I don't remember that from, Lord of the Rings, but you're, then you said it was a wild place. Yeah, yes. So it's it was the starting place for gnomes and dwarves. And the reason I bring this up is the starting area for dwarves felt uh, very similar. The areas were kind of mapped out. You know, it, it's not like a one-to-one. -one, you know, at the end of the day, it's like a mountainous area with, with, during the winter, which, you know, I think is pretty pretty common if you were to, if you were to design um, a starting area for the dwarves. But their city... Uh, felt a lot like Ironforge from WoW. It was basically embedded in the side of the mountain, which, you know, again, I know Blizzard didn't come up with that. I know that's not the, the unique concept, but it just felt very reminiscent of, of leveling a character in that starting zone and walking your way up the side of this mountain to go inside the city, which is embedded in the side of the mountain. And it just felt very, very... Uh, it just felt a lot of the same, to be honest, okay. which was kind of disappointing, uh, to say the least. Um, overall, I didn't do too much of the trade skill stuff. Again, since the tutorial didn't get too, super far into the trade skills, I didn't really understand it. Um, I will say I understood some of the gathering stuff, I guess, if we want to call it gathering. It wasn't anything super exciting or intuitive. Um, and the overall like leveling experience of your character getting stronger. My character definitely felt stronger. I never really struggled very much with the early game mobs, which is pretty to be expected. You know, Usually in the early stages of MMOs, um, you usually don't struggle with mobs unless you fight like a... a mini boss or like a quest elite or something like that so uh that part of it was wasn't too bad music was whatever it wasn't anything that stuck out in my mind didn't really catch didn't really keep and the same with the graphics the graphics you know again we were just looking at this came out in 07 i'm sure they did some updates to the graphics you know periodically since then graphics weren't anything to write home about the character models were kind of subpar and the one of the disappointing things for me is the armor didn't really reflect uh like an improvement as you would get for more and more armor. I wasn't excited about it. It didn't, you know, you, you didn't feel like, oh, like I have this armor. And, you know, early, early stages of games, generally armor doesn't do that. But even from like a stat value and character growth perspective, I didn't feel that very much. And it wasn't really exciting to get like a new weapon or new armor, whatever it was. Also, uh, this is a very common trope with older MMOs. Classes with pets seem incredibly strong. I didn't play one, but I did group with some people who had pets, mm -hmm. and the pets seemed 
insanely strong as always like they're really great tanks they do a ton of damage like they hold aggro so you can do whatever you need to do um which is not like a criticism it's just kind of a interesting thing that that is extremely common um you know across a lot of older mmos at that time it really makes me understand that you know at that time a lot of people had said that mmos were just like a another clone of another clone of another clone of wow like the step 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 brother or whatever you want to call it and or descendant it really uh, rings true. And the other moment I'm going to talk about today as well, I felt that a lot too. It, it it makes me wonder that if these companies would have taken a more creative and unique approach, if they maybe would have had, stood their ground a little bit more. Because if you think about it, when WoW came out, they didn't have endgame content. They didn't have raids, which is like what people really tie to WoW and, and why people stick with WoW is because the endgame content is so lustrous and there's just so much to it. And what they ended up doing, oddly enough, is at, at, like two weeks before their first major patch, they put together a raid dungeon that people could do. And it's interesting to me because a lot of these older MMOs, even today, have very limited endgame. And even the endgame that's available, it's hard to approach unless you put a lot of time and effort and grinding and even sometimes money uh, up in order to, to approach it. I read that, like I was reading through the reviews a lot uh, just to kind of see what the end game perspective was. For me, if there is not an end game that is there, I'm usually not motivated to play an MMO because yes, I enjoy leveling and I enjoy the journey of it. But if there's nothing to really sink my teeth into at the end, the whole purpose, right? You're developing your character. I just kind of lose interest. So um, overall, no, nothing crazy, nothing no, nothing substantial, you know, definitely something worthwhile to hop onto for a couple of years and try it out and see the different characters. I made two different characters and, you know, nothing really stuck out to me in terms of like uniqueness and creativity. So, yeah, it, it sounds like way you're describing it, like a very, very middle of the road in like every way type thing. Yeah. Very traditional. It had a lot of the similarities between a lot of MMOs at that time, which is unfortunate, but you know, I get it. If you're, if you're a developer or you're an organization, you're like, Hey, uh, I want to make money. What's making money? Ah, Blizzard is. Okay, let me let me go ahead and try that out. Right, yeah, yeah. Did you? How was the yeah. community? Very quiet. And a, a lot of people there did not speak English, um, I ran into as well, which, oh, okay. you know, that is fairly common on private servers. This wasn't a private server. This is still hosted by the Lord of the Rings. Actually, I think it was. Now that I remember, I actually don't know. I don't know if it was. I don't remember. Uh, you don't, I mean, you would have known if you had to get onto a yeah but i've done that a lot so i just, I just kind of go through the motions with oh. it. i actually don't remember <laughs> if i did it. i think i did it through their actual servers but a lot of private servers are there's a lot of um europeans and eastern europeans on there okay um it's very common to run into servers where it's predominantly europeans and eastern europeans so cool so not nothing sounds like not too much bad about it but nothing like very interesting either no no, definitely not. Not not something that I would actually continue playing, which I've already uninstalled it. So okay. All right. Well, that's Lord of the Rings Online. We'll jump over to me now. Uh, I played I played Goof Troop. Couldn't. Oh, cool. I couldn't hold off. I got it on Christmas, and uh, you know I had to go play that. No, I actually didn't play it right away, but I played. I started playing it very soon. So this is a Super Nintendo game. It came out in 1993. Uh, I think I heard about it first on SNES Drunk's channel actually he was talking about in one of his videos he was talking about it a little bit um and basically says like actually it's surprisingly better than you would expect so um I gave it a shot it's a it's a puzzle game it's like a puzzle action game a lot of it a lot of it reminded me oh it reminded me in a lot of ways of like 
dungeons from the Zelda games where you are like each level you can kind of think of as a dungeon. And what you're doing is like, of course there's bad guys going around, but for the most part, what you're trying to do is like, there will be blocks that you have to push in a certain way to get doors to open or you got to figure out just like some, sometimes you just have to like kill all the guys, which you do that by there are pot, like you don't actually have any weapons yourself. There are pots through like scattered throughout a lot of the, uh, a lot of the like rooms and you'll pick them up and just throw them at bad guys. And that's how you kill a bad guy. Um, obviously they're doing stuff to try to hit you in the meantime. So you got to like dodge attacks, you know, just very pretty, pretty basic stuff. But once you get pat, like, so every, so I guess every, level is probably they're they're not very big like anywhere from 10 to like 16 rooms maybe something like that so you got to kind of find your way through and you're picking up items that help you out uh and so like there are there's like a grappling hook type thing that sometimes you have to use that to cross like big uh like like ditches basically there is a uh, there's a candle that helps you see like in the very dark rooms, you know. There's keys that you have to get to open door, you know, certain doors on other screens. Just again, fairly basic stuff in general. And the first few level, the first like I say two levels are pretty easy. It's like really just a matter of getting from one place to another. But then you start getting into re- really pretty challenging puzzles on like the third and fourth and fifth uh, really? levels. Yeah, so they're they're it starts getting hard when there are there there are blocks around the um some of the levels and there will be like little spaces um where you can tell a block is supposed to go and you're supposed to so there might be six blocks and six spaces um and you have to figure out how to get each space filled up with the block but whenever it's it's the type of puzzle where when you push a block you like shove it and it slides until it hits something so you have to like figure out you know, obviously, if you push it up against a wall, then it's up against that wall forever. There's no way to get it back against, you know, back from the wall. So it's that kind of thing where you're like, okay, which direction am I going to hit this? It's got to hit something and stop before it hits a wall. So which which way can I do it to do that? And, like, they all start off in a certain way. And you're like, okay, so I need to leave this block here at first. Then push this other one into it. Then move that one out of the way. And it's just, like, a very... It gets very convoluted um, because you have to, like... Because there are, like, so many moving parts at once trying to think about how, like, what order you need to push the blocks and in in which direction. And even some of them get really tricky. Even with just, like, two blocks, there were some where I had to think about for, like, a few minutes. Like, how am I going to get this one over here, um, you know, without just, like, pushing it all the way to the wall and getting trapped over there? Uh, it It gets pretty tough. And then there are some... Where there, where the blocks you push explode after like ten or fifteen seconds, so you have to figure out not only like like what order to push them in, but like which one, like so like you always have to worry about which order to push them in. But then like there are some where these where they explode after a certain amount of time, where you could do them in like various different orders, but you have to figure out what's fastest, like what's going to leave you enough time to get across to the other side of the room once you get this block in its place. So that it doesn't blow up before you get um, the other ones in their spots. Because they all have to be in on the spots without any of them blowing up first. So uh, it gets pretty tricky. Um, the whole kind of premise of the game is like there's these pirates that have kind of like... I th- I don't even remember exactly. Like they, I think they kidnapped Pete and you're trying to help Pete even though he's usually the bad guy. Um, I could be wrong on that. Obviously I wasn't really paying too much attention to the story. 
Oh, what? This yeah. story wasn't the key part for you? <laughs> yeah. Um, you can be, you can play as Goofy or Max. You can also do co-op on it, which is cool. I didn't do any of that, but but it has it. Um, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I I got to like the fifth out of six levels, I think, or something like that. And I ended up dying. Oh yeah, so there's a boss at the end of each one, and usually it's like the boss, and you know you have to dodge attacks and then throw something at it, like that type of thing. Do that enough times until it dies. I died on the boss of the fifth level, and the fifth one was a little bit tedious. It was kind of like one of these levels that went on a little bit too long. There's a little bit too much backtracking between rooms, and I didn't really feel like going on with it anymore. So I stopped playing there, um, and just kind of kind of called it called it for me um it's pretty good it's it's better than you would expect it's not revolutionary in any way um it, the, some of the puzzles are pretty tough the gameplay is solid for you know two or three hours and that's probably you know all you're going to get out of it unless you're just kind of really pushing to finish it uh the password system it does use a password system but it uses one of the least annoying password systems um, it's not, it doesn't have like a thousand characters that you have to push in and it doesn't have ones that like look the same, like on the Mega Man games. It just like, I think it's six. If I remember correctly, it's six characters and it's all like a banana or a diamond or a, a cherry. So it's pretty easy to remember to just write down, you know, banana, cherry, diamond, diamond, whatever. Classic. So, uh, yeah, it's all right. It's, it's not bad at all. Especially for like twenty five bucks or however much I got it for, uh, it's nothing. But it's nothing to write home about either. You know, it's funny. I, I was looking at screenshots. Of this I, I just played this game not too long ago. You played it? Yeah. How I did that come this, about? I was, like, was what did you say? How did that come about? I was watching somebody uh, speedrun it. Oddly enough, I was watching somebody on Twitch speedrun this, and I was like looking around for different SNES games to play, and like not not just SNES games. I was looking for like PS one games. I was just looking for something like really to play over a weekend because I was really bored. I actually forgot about this. I don't want to talk about it too much because I didn't put nearly as much time into it as you did. But so, was, oh man, uh, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't. So why didn't why didn't you talk about it at the time? Do you did you just kind of? I'll be honest with it? you, I forgot. <laughs> I went through a bunch of different games back to back to back, and I, I oh, probably I've talked that. about the one that I spent the most time on. I've done that before, where like I play a bunch and then I end up just not talking about one of one or yeah, two. Yeah, because it's just like it wasn't the one that like stuck out or was memorable. And they, this game is is pretty solid. Like you said, it doesn't do anything incredibly well, like it, it, extremely exciting, but it holds up pretty well. Like the gameplay is is very. It is what it is. Like, there's nothing super crazy about it. I will say the bosses for me were pretty frustrating at times because certain levels, it was uh, really annoying where the level would drag on for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. But um, beyond that, like, it wasn't too bad. I don't remember how far I got into it in terms of levels. I think I probably got to, like, the third or fourth level overall. Okay. So it was either the third or the fourth where it started getting, where the puzzles started getting really challenging. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. I think. I don't remember which one either, but somewhere around there. Anyway, yeah, it's, it's it's solid. It's solid if you're in the mood for like a puzzle, you know, actiony puzzle game. That's not like very very stressful. All right, Jay, what else you got? Uh, my second game is Rift. Uh, Rift is a is a much newer MMO. Came out in eleven. Oddly enough, though, still in that era of that style of MMO. Uh, this one actually is pretty good. We 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 and I say a couple friends of mine. Uh, I started playing this, played for a couple hours. It feels very reminiscent of Warhammer Online, which, as I've talked about in the podcast, is probably my top three MMO of all time. Like, I really, really enjoyed Warhammer Online. This game hits a lot of the same nodes. Um, 
the combat system is, you know, the kind of hot bar system. Uh, it's, you know, I don't, it's not turn-based. Like, it's basically, like, you know, you hit your buttons in a specific order. It's not an action MMO. I don't even know how to describe it's like, that. It's that. like typical MMO, like, halfway yeah, turn, very, turn very, base, like Very traditional, true. yeah, in, in that regard. So, it has, it's that style of combat. Uh, the one thing that I really liked about this game that, had it, that uh, reminded me of Warhammer a lot is the map. The map is very interactive. It's extremely mm. legible. Uh, it's easy to understand where you're going. The uh, the actual flow of the game when you start from like when you start playing and leveling and questing is incredibly intuitive. It's it's great, especially you know a lot of older MMOs. Usually it's like oh people who talk about it are like oh it's a great game it's really easy to get into and then you like log in you're like I'm in a room they're like oh there's a ladder behind you you have to type climb you have to do backslash climb then you climb <laughs> the ladder you're like how the fuck is I supposed to know that like like oh it's, it's intuitive right like. No, this game, you start you, you start leveling, you start questing, you get your abilities. Character growth is great. The abilities are, so far, I'm probably three and a half hours in. Um, I am going to continue to play this a little bit more. The actual character growth has been pretty cool. The abilities that I've obtained through leveling are, um, what's the word? They're, they're very creative. They have some unique aspects to them uh, that you wouldn't, wouldn't expect. You know, like when you think of a mage, right, you think of... Uh, you know, the ability to crowd control something. You think of fireballs, you think of frostbolts. They, I'm not going to give any examples because I, I haven't actually played the mage class, probably a bad example, but uh, they have some unique aspects or they, they incorporate different aspects of, of classes that I wouldn't expect to kind of be paired together. And it's it's refreshing. You know, usually when you play 10 MMOs and you play X class, you'll have, you know, it feels the same 90% across the board. This game took a little bit of a different appro approach with some of the uh, some of the characters and uh, it, to, like I said, it, it's kind of refreshing in that regard. Uh, the actual pacing of the game is good. A, a lot of older MMOs, since they've died off, they have done this thing where they will accelerate how quickly you level way too much. And you'll, you know, you kill a mob and you level. You kill two mobs, you hit level two. You kill three mobs, you hit level three. You turn in a quest, you level four times. And it just gets to be overwhelming because <laughs> all of a sudden you now have all these abilities, all these stats, all this armor, and you don't know where to go. You don't have your abilities. The pacing of this is really good. Um, I don't mind leveling taking an extended period of time, as, as you're all aware. Uh, I like kind of grindier leveling uh, styles for the most part. This game is somewhere in like the medium high range. I would say like WoW Classic is the high range of that. This is like the, the medium high range in, in that regard. And it's been good so far. Uh, the servers are very stable. Latency is good, which again, for older MMOs, latency can be an issue at times. The responsiveness of the actions is probably the best of all the MMOs I have, the older MMOs I have played. Again, it's 2011, so it has four years on a lot of its predecessors or five years um, in that regard. But the overall uh, response time has been very enjoyable so far. Because again, like I said, that is something that in PvP especially, but even in PvE, when you're doing like high-end level PvE, it is, it's whatever. It, it, it just doesn't do a whole lot for me. So... Okay. Um, yeah, it's really enjoyable so far. Graphics are good. They feel very Warhammer-ish on like Warhammer Online. And this, I honestly, if I if I put two screenshots next to each other, you could find some a lot of similarities between the graphics. It's the the Blizzard s kind of cartoony style in some regards, but it's not a, a one to one ratio. I really like the the art style so far. I am gonna pivot here away from this for a second. I want to share with you. So I have been very into like roguelites and roguelikes as of recent and deck building. Right, I like, like that is. Here. Right, so deck building for me is, I, I love deck building. I think deck building is very interesting, very fun. So here's a, a side pivot, pivot, pivot. Uh, there is an MMO project that uh, a couple of my friends and I have been playing 
that it utilizes that style. So every two levels, you get the choice of three abilities to pick from. And you basically get to develop your class however you want. And it's very oh, interesting. That's awesome. Right. And, and what's cool is the server we're playing on, it's random. So normally you can go through and you can... Um, you can pick your class you, or classes that you want to like merge together and then you pick their abilities and you build it up. This one's fun. So every two levels, you get uh, three three uh, abilities to choose from. You know, they could be things as simple as like teleport or it could be fireball or it could be backstab, right? Like there could be these three different things that you could get. Some of them could be more applicable to you. Some of them could be utility based. You can re-roll them, but there's like some punishment elements for it. And then every other level that you don't get a, a new ability, you get a talent point. And you take that talent point and you can put it into any of the talent trees for any of the classes in the game and more or less mold a character around it. I really like the concept. The execution is a little bit wonky. It's not great. Uh, but I love the, the intent of it. And man, would I love to see people take the deck building concept and translate it into, you name it, any, any type of game mode right now. I think it'd be very, very interesting to see. So, so what is it again? What's it called? Uh, it's just MMO. It's a, it's a, it's a custom built MMO that somebody, somebody's no, what, been working what, on for a long time. But what's it called? They, they built it off of one of the WoW engines. It's called Ascension, oddly enough. Uh, they built okay. it off of one of the, WoW, the older WoW engines, and they, they've been doing it for like ten, five, five or ten years probably. And what's so bizarre is Blizzard hasn't been able to touch them yet, which I'm really curious about. So, hmm. but it's, it's very interesting. Sounds pretty sick. Again, the execution's not perfect, but it's pretty cool. Damn. Okay. That sounds awesome. Yep. All right. Back to me. My second game is Ratchet and Clank. Oh. Yeah. This is a PS2 game. It came out in 2002. It is, uh, it's, it looks like an action, it's a 3D action platformer. You play as, uh, these characters, Ratchet and Clank. They are, uh, Ratchet is like a fox type kind of guy, and Clank is a little robot that goes around with him. And you are, it's a science fiction like setting where you're going to different planets. Uh, the, 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 the basic story is that there's a species called, or like a race called the Blarg and they're going around basically like destroying planets so they can kind of like harvest all the planets stuff for themselves because their own home planet is dying. Cause I think it's kind of been like over harvested or, or whatever. Mm. Um, and so they're going around in this in this other solar system, kind of like destroying all the planets so they can take everything for themselves to fix their own planet. And you're kind of going around trying to stop um, the Blarg. Uh, there's like a little TV thing that kind of that you watch every now and then. It kind of shows what's going on in the galaxy. And that kind of like clues you into what you need to go do next. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's 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 open world in the sense that, well, in, in a couple ways, like. So you choose basically any time like what planet you want to go to. It's very it's it's kind of similar to Mario sixty four in a lot of ways, um, gameplay wise, and also the sense of like you know kind of do whatever level you want to, and you'll you know you'll unlock levels as you go, but then you'll often be going back to to levels for various reasons. Okay. Uh, gameplay wise, like what you're doing a lot is, as I said, it's an action platformer. So there there is a lot of platforming. There's also a lot of bad guys that you have to fight. Um, your kind of basic attack is like a, it's like a punch more or less. And then, but you, you pick up weapons, uh, throughout the, or like you don't pick them up, but like you eventually like buy weapons throughout the game, like different. When you get to new planets, there will be a shop there that's got a new weapon typically. And you got to save up enough money 
uh, which is like these bolts that you just kind of find around more or less like coins in Mario. And once you get enough of those and you can go to the shop and buy that weapon. Um, and as you get to new levels, you get more weapons that are available to buy as well as other things like, um, that, that kind of gets you into places that were previously walled off, like a, like a gated exploration game, like Metroid or something like that. So there's like a, there's a grappling hook, for instance, at one point that you get, and that lets you get to some certain spots on other planets that you hadn't been able to access yet. So then you'll go back to those and, you know, go to those spots and see whatever happens, or, you know, maybe you'll find something new or maybe you'll advance the story a little bit or whatever it is. Um, Typically, like, the bad guys are robots or, like, little alien creatures and stuff like that. The The gameplay is... So, so like, most of the planets are fairly linear. It's not, like, just totally open where you'd go wherever you want. But usually it's, like, several paths to choose from. So you can kind of do whichever you, you want, but there's, like, limited choices. It's not just free roam, like... Kind of like a lot of the Mario... Like a lot of the Mario... Later... In, in Mario 64, a lot of the later levels are, like, very open. You kind of just roam around and, and, and discover things. These aren't like that. It's like, you go this way or you go that way. Go see what there, what all there is to do. Then come back and go the other way and do whatever, you, you know, do whatever there is that way. Um, the, the the gameplay is pretty easy. And, and I think, well, really what they are kind of going for, it seems like the goal of the game is to give you lots of cool weapons to just kind of just play with and use them. Sure. And, but it doesn't, for me, it didn't really pay off because for the most part, the enemies were very easy anyway. And even without any weapons, you could get past them just fine for the, for the times where you did really need a weapon. The weapon makes them very, very easy. Like it's either the, it's either the, the enemy is so easy. You don't need a weapon or you pull out a weapon, stand at a safe distance, and shoot them until they're dead. <laughs> like, that was pretty much... That, that, those are pretty much the two types of encounters you're going to have. Uh, so, it wasn't really challenging because of that. And despite, like, the fact that the, the, the environments are pretty neat, I like, I like, you know, science fiction stuff in general. Like, the whole kind of... The whole kind of feel and theme of the game was, was, was pretty neat and, and funny and fun. I eventually just kind of kind of bored of it because like the gameplay itself didn't really grab me. Um, they do do a good job of like having a lot of weapons that you eventually get, but again, you don't really. There's not really a use for them a lot of the times. There's there's not like a fun way to use them. Either you don't need them, or you only need them for a second, and they make everything way too easy. So there wasn't like that middle ground for me. So I, I played a few hours. It was all right, but I was like, all right, I've this is all I'm kind of interested in putting into this game. Kind of repetitive, it sounds like. Yeah, I think it's kind of repetitive, and I, I, I don't even actually, I don't even know if I would say that. I think more or less, it was just there wasn't much of a challenge, and it's just more or less a matter of going through the motions of getting past bad guys and backtrack into another planet to get this or that item that you can, you know, that you couldn't get before, but that you can now. So it's got a little bit boring for me. So there's Ratchet and Clank. Jay, back to you. Cool. Uh, like I said, my number three is, is a bit of a repeat, but uh, I started another run-through of Icewind Dale 2. I, oh, really? Yeah, I've, I've really wanted to, to dive, dive into a CRPG. I was going to play Divinity on my Switch, and then I, I just cannot get into playing Divinity on the Switch. I don't know what it is about it. It was oh, just really? really hard for me to do. 
And so I was like, well, I have Icewind Dale on the computer. So I, I built a new party, ready for this, in less than 10 minutes. A <laughs> brand new party. <laughs> no, I don't believe it. Yeah. Names and all. I swear to God, I was done in like 10 minutes. I sprint, I sped run making a party in Icewind Dale. I think I have the world record, to be honest with you at this point. Damn. But um, I made my party and I ran through, I got to almost to the exact same spot I did last time and got frustrated and burned out and just couldn't deal with it. I, I, there is some quality of life things for me that are absolutely missing in that game that make it really, really challenging. Also, critical strikes in that game drive me fucking bananas because my tanks are just the meatiest things you've ever seen. They are just the biggest hunks of beef mm -hmm. and then they get crit and they just drop like, oh, like a really? sack of potatoes. Oh my gosh, dude. I have two frontline characters. I had a barbarian and I had a monk. Both, I was just stacking a lot of health. I gave them good armor. I made sure they had like alternative, like defensive armor, like shields and stuff if they need it. And still, like I was just getting chopped away. I crushed through the first act like really quickly. And I was like, okay, this is good. Like I have a decent amount of spells. I'm feeling very confident. And then there are just certain fights you get to that are just unbelievably overwhelming and you just get destroyed. I could not muster my way through it. And I didn't want to sit there and like load, save, load, save, load, save, and like gimmick my way through every fight. And I was just like, I'm just going to stop playing again. Like I really yeah. wanted to get into it like head first and just couldn't do it. Just could not do it. So very short lived experience. Still really enjoyed it. The The overall story is good. And like the, the music is great. And like the visuals are fun. The The combat itself, the actions of it are great. It's It's not bad at all. It's just some of the inner workings of. I would love for somebody to do like a definitive edition for it. There, there might already be one, and I would love for somebody to do some balancing because man, that game is just it is just utterly, utterly brutal for me. But it really, really is like that's that was the main takeaway from the game when I when we played it last year. Uh, for me, at least, like there, some of those encounters are just like I had to that's do. Stupid. I had to do, in fact, most of the, in fact, almost all of the encounters are like that. Um, and I had to do exactly what you said, like you were trying to avoid, which is just, uh, save it. Let's, like let's, load saving, yeah, load, load saving. Load load saving. Load what do they call it? Scum saving or something? Uh, no, well, no, that's, that's, that's more like when you are, that would be like if you were playing a roguelike and like trying to dig up save files. Um, but uh, no, just 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 load saving. I think is is the best way to put it. You're just like, oh, dead. Let's let's load up again. All right, try this fight again. Nope. Let's load up again. And try to fight again. Like five times later. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. I got lucky this time, and we finally beat him. Yeah, it was really frustrating to play. Like, I don't think I'll give it another shot again. It's unfortunate. Like, it, it really. I'll be honest with you. I started so I started playing Divinity, and I am fucking hooked. I started playing my computer. Uh, I was just like, fuck it. I'll just, you know, get it on my computer and, and play through it. And I'm absolutely hooked. I, I think that is, I'll talk about that during our, uh, top five, but CRPGs are something I want to, I want to invest a lot more time into this year. That's cool. That'll be fun. Um, I, I, I look forward to, to hearing more about those because those are, I've, I've kind of neglected, neglected those a lot as well. So it'll be fun. And there's a lot out there today too, right? Like that, that's the exciting thing for yeah. me is like, there's so many that are out there today. Right. Uh, but yeah, like the other thing was that I got pretty far into um, Icewind Dale 2 and, and like nothing much changed. Like you get to a point where it's just battle after battle after battle after battle. <laughs> and that's all that is going on. And you're like, okay, I yes, it was. I get it. <laughs> I get it. It was, it was challenging. It's challenging. I do. You know, I appreciate the fact that it's not just a cakewalk. But it's a little bit too much, and then 
when I finished, and you know, at first, once you once you finally get through some of those, you're, it feels like kind of like almost like an accomplishment. You're like, wow, I did it. Yeah. But then you got to do like twenty in a row, and you're like, okay, that's that'll that'll be that's good. That's I'm fine. I'm good now. I, I can live without that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that was uh, sounds like nothing. It sounds like nothing is different from how nope. I remembered it. Okay, uh, my last one. I have made it through the next installment of the Final Fantasy series. Oh, wow. Final Fantasy VII. Um, this is, so if, if, you're, if you haven't listened to a lot of our episodes, I am going through each of the Final Fantasy games one at a time in order of the, you know, of like the main series. And uh, this was, uh, I had, Final Fantasy VII is the most recent one that I've done now. And so, as you probably know, this is this is basically the most famous game in the series, one of the most famous RPGs ever, especially if you're just especially JRPGs. Um, the first time I had played this, I didn't play this when it came out, but I played it about a year or two before we started the podcast. Uh, and I really like, and I like really liked it at the time. It was kind of one of those, it's like, you know, I guess I, I guess I should play this game. A lot of people talk about how good it is. It's like, it's like, like it's like a really good movie that you don't know if you're gonna like, but you're like, well, I guess I gotta watch it because everybody, you know, it's like something that I ha- that you just have to watch eventually. And uh, I ended up genuinely really enjoying it. So this is my second go at it, and I pretty much feel the exact same way. I I, I really liked it a lot. Um, you're a you're you're a pretty solid fan of Final Fantasy VII, right? Yeah. I, it's it's definitely one of the better ones. I mean, I, I like I said before, and this is not like just to be like a pinky in the air type person. I, I truly believe that nine is a, a more quality game. Like I think it's a more polished version, mm-hmm. and I think the story is it, it's still. I mean, it's Final Fantasy, so you know you take you take what you get. At the end of the day, it's still be kind of convoluted it, it, overall. It, I'm saying like nine and seven both. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think seven is it's a really fun game. Love the material system. I know a lot of people complain about how simplistic it is. I truly enjoy it. I find it to be very exciting and rewarding. And you know, the, the game is paced in a way that you're supposed to have certain abilities for material at a certain point in the game and if you accelerate that by doing a little extra grinding and you have certain abilities for certain boss fights I'm being very vague here but uh it is it's really enjoyable for certain fights so i so well okay i'll, I'll get to, well let's talk about the materia a little bit more in just a second because yeah i want to come back to that um so well let's go ahead and talk about it. so so gameplay wise um one of the things that they introduce in this one is materia and it's, and it's similar to the similar to the Esper system in final fantasy six. Not, not quite the same. Yeah. Um, in final like fantasy, the same zip code. yeah, yeah. In final fantasy six, you equip Esper's, which are summons. And what they do is you l- basically learn spells from them as you do fights with them equipped. Then whoever like, like if it's Shiva, She'll give whoever's equipped, like, they'll eventually learn, like, you know, Blizzard, Blizzara, and, like, I don't think Blizzaga was one of them, but, like, another spell, like, maybe Slow or something like that, who knows. And then, like, as you do fights, eventually, like, you know, after a certain amount of time, they'll learn, like, the first of her spells, and then they have that permanently. Then, if you keep doing more, then they'll learn another one of her spells, and then they have that permanently. So, this one has the Materia system, where... You, uh, it's, it's almost kind of like the inverse of that. You, um, you equip materia onto your, 
your armored armor. Weapons. Yes, your armor and your weapon. Every weapon has a certain number, or some sometimes some armor and weapons don't have any slots, but most armor or weapons have a certain number of slots. Some have four, some have six, some have eight. A couple of them might have a whole bunch, like twelve or something like that. Uh, and as you go, th- as you progress through the game, you find materia in various ways. Sometimes you can buy it. Some of them are some some of them are ones that you have to like find at a specific spot in the game, or that you get from maybe like beating a specific boss or something like that. And they give you um, abilities, and like they like you'll get like a fire materia, and that allows you to cast fire. The person doesn't learn that like they do in the Esper system. Once you unequip that materia, they can no longer cast that spell. So it becomes a, you know, a game of like, what do I want each person to be good at? Let's equip them with this and that. And, and, and then what happens is the materia itself levels up. And as, as any given materia gets used, it doesn't matter who uses it. If anybody's using it, then the materia eventually levels up and un- unlocks like, you know, in the case of the fire materia, fire two or fire aga or whatever it is. Um, and then there are other ones that do different things besides just like damage spells. You know, there's ones that do like, of course, healing spells and like all the, all the various types of like, you know, shell and protect and like, you know, slow barrier. and yeah, barrier, haste, things like that. Um, and then haste is so broken in that game. Yeah. Haste is really good. And then there are also materia that you can link to other materia. Oh yeah. Like all Support for instance, materia. and all will, like whatever, like if you have heal connect, like attached to all, then you can cast that on all of your party instead of having to do it one person at a time. So what I did was like, I loaded up like, so basically my party was cloud Sid and Kate Sith. Oh, interesting. I love me some Kate Sith. I'm going to lie. Yeah. Kate Sith is pretty cool. Um, the first time I played it, I the first time I played the game, I went with like the basic party. It was like Cloud, Tifa, Tifa Barrett. Harris. Yeah, yeah uh, Barrett. or Barrett. Yeah, like through the, like the whole game, and that's fine. I mean, that'll work just fine. But this time, like I just I would unlock new, I would get new characters that you basically you don't un, you know quote unlock them, but you get them as the story goes on. And uh, I was like, no, I know how these guys work. I'm just going to stick with what I know. And so this time, I, I felt like branching out a little bit more. And by the way, Sid is like really powerful. Um, Sid? Yeah, Sid is. Yeah, his limit breaks are really cool. I have, did you get his final limit break? I don't think I did, actually. Oh! Say, what is this, what's his final one? It's, it's called High Wind. And the High Wind comes in and just bombards the whatever you're fighting. Oh, shit. It, no, it I didn't get that. most amount of damage. It's so cool. That's awesome. So what's, what's interesting is Sid is a dragoon, basically. Um, yeah, yeah, more or less. But I, ba- I built... A dragoon. Yeah, he's got a spear. He does, like, the, the jump attack that dragoons always do in final fantasy so sid is, is a dragoon even though they don't actually use that term in the game um but he he and he doesn't but he doesn't look like one either he's like an engineer as he you know typically is with, with a fucking cigarette in his mouth with at all times cigarette in his mouth at all times he uses it to light dynamite on fire as one of his and, he, and he swears like a like a sailor yeah yeah like just as much as barrett um yeah and he's kind of like an ass too. Like he's always like yelling at that one girl who like screwed up the the he's rocket so launch. So selfish, I love it. Um, but he's really good. And I basically built him, or I did build him as a paladin. So he was my tank and healer. Okay. Uh, one of the materia. So so the materia the the main materia that I made sure to always have on him were cover, which makes him. Oh, uh, yeah. occasionally like, you know, take damage. If somebody else gets attacked, he'll jump in front and take the damage himself instead. 
and uh, I gave him all attached to the healing materia, all attached to the haste materia, and all attached to the barrier materia. So in three turns, so in two turns, I could haste everybody and put a barrier on everybody. That's like easy mode at that point. To be honest, I know it like really you're just, is. You're so strong. And anybody gets hurt, then I just do one heal spell and heals everybody up. It was uh. Yeah, like you said, it was pretty much easy mode, and he's also taken damage for for not for you know you know not a hundred percent of the time, but you know a lot of the time sure. for for other characters. Um, and so I, your limit break faster too. Yeah. Oh, that's true. I didn't really think about that, but you're right. It gives the limit break faster. Um, so obviously, I put a lot of armor on him also. Um, and of course, Kate's well, maybe not. Of course, Kate Sith was my like black mage more or less. It gave her the uh, like the you know, just damage dealing spells and also summons are materia. So, oh, yeah. ma- so materia, like, you know, the summon system is just like, Oh, you have Ifrit, which is a summon. He's a materia. So you have to, if you want him to, if you want to use him, you have to have, you know, the Ifrit materia, um, on somebody. So you get, more summons than you can really use which you kind of have to pick yeah. and choose by the end of the game and typically obviously you're going to be wanting to use the stronger ones so like by the end of the game i was using like i would have <clears throat> i would have a few strong ones on kate sith and then i would give like one to cloud and one to sid because you can only cast a summon one time per battle but but that's not always the case stuff. yeah there were yeah. a couple there were a couple times I don't well, actually... it's based on the level of the materia. Oh, is that what it is? So if it's yeah, leveled up, yeah, if you're up... a master of it, then you can cast it indefinite amount of times. Oh, is it indefinite? Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So okay. So that's that's what it was. I didn't actually quite figure that out. But so based on how leveled up the materia is, you can only cast them a, a limited number of times, and they do take a lot of MP to cast as well. Oh yeah, and a lot of time. Like and a lot time. of time. <laughs> you have to. Yes, you cannot skip the summon animations, and they are all very. Uh, lengthy very some in-depth. of them lengths of the round and like uh bahamut zero are extremely lengthy too yes yeah bahamut zero neo Bahamut. there are three bahamuts by the way there's yeah. bahamut bahamut zero and neo bahamut um bahamut zero is the most powerful regular bahamut is the least powerful but they're all very strong um like it shows bahamut like coming swooping in and then like they're great like there's a planet that flies by him for a second and then he like nukes the whole entire planet that you're on and then something comes up from that like it's it's all there's one where i think neo bahamut like he flies up then the ground that the whoever you're casting it on like breaks free from the ground they float up into space and then neo bahamut like shoots him and then like he blows up it's it's all really cool like they did a really cool job of making all the summon animations really cool even if they hades I did get Hades. Hades is really I awesome. I love Hades. Hades is one of my favorites. Hey, yeah, Hades is one of my favorites too. Hades and uh, probably Neo Bahamut were were my two favorite Good ones. Choices. Um, which which is a good segue into this is the first three D Final Fantasy, of course, but they did like a pretty solid job of transferring what had always been a two D game into 3d like i did not feel i didn't i never got the feeling of oh yeah this definitely feels like their first try at 3d yeah um everything was really well done like the world exploration i guess there are a few points where it's like 
on screen, it's kind of difficult to figure out like, where can I go? Like, where can I run? Like, what's an exit? What's an entrance? Like, where, where's the path that I'm supposed to be on? There are a few cases of that, but really besides that, like the world exploration, the running around the level design. Well, I mean, I guess there aren't really levels per se, but like the area design, Yeah, I get what you're saying about levels. Yeah. The, like the environments and stuff are all really well done. Everything looks great. Um, obviously like the characters are very blocky and they famously have just like literally blocks. blocky. <laughs> yeah. Blocks yeah. for fists. Um, but like it didn't really, it wasn't really distracting to me. I really felt like overall it no. was very well done. Um, I agree with you on that. What did, what did, how did you, so the, the complaint about the materia system is that, and, and, and I do agree with this complaint is it makes the characters like, v- like very, very, very flexible. Like, a little bit overly flexible in my opinion, like not quite as much as six where just everybody can learn every spell that, that wasn't, it's not that, that extreme. They did rein it back in a little bit, but you can still attach any material to any person, um, to where they are kind of samey and it doesn't really matter what you designate people to be. Like you can kind of do them however you want. I do like it to be a little bit more reined in. Like, you know, like, as I said, I built, Sid as my paladin. I built Kate Sith as a black mage. And then Cloud was just like my melee damage dealer. Um, I could, you, you could kind of like, you have a lot of flexibility with how you can build out your characters. And I like it to be a little bit more of, okay, this is, this character is a mage of some sort. Use whatever material you think, but there are, but there are still some confines in what's going to work best for them. Um, Maybe I'm getting picky with that, but but it's still granted the the material system still gave me a little bit more flexibility than I liked, and I, and I I did want it to be a little bit more where a little bit more reined in to where there was a little bit more boundaries of what's what's plausible or not. Um, my my thing was like I feel like the material system encourages like a lack of character identity because all the characters yeah. kind of feel the same because of that system. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a, that's a more concise way of putting it of putting kind of what I was trying to say. Um, yeah. Anybody is just kind of whatever you want them to be more or less. Yeah. They do have some inherent minus stats. Limit breaks. Minus the limit breaks. Yeah. They do have some inherent stats, but that's kind of it. You, you, you can kind of, it's, they're not that, that, those inherent stats that they, they are kind of based off of. Aren't really that important. Once you start building them out. Um, you also get a lot of like permanent stat upgrades throughout the game that you kind of like, Typically, you'll save those until you're very sure of what your party is, like like near the end of the game. But, you know, it's like, okay, give this to somebody and it'll raise his strength permanently by a point. Uh, and it's the same thing for, you know, magic or mind or vitality and things like that. Um, what do you think of... So this is the first Final Fantasy game where it's three people per party. Or three people in your party as opposed to four. How, how do you feel about that? I wish that you could not have Cloud in your party. Really, I, okay. I hate that about older MMOs or MMOs, yeah, or JRPGs, <laughs> where you have to have set people in your party. That always kind of drove me nuts. Um, I wish that was not the case in that game because that is one of the things that I wish I could uh, avoid. To be honest, gotcha. Um, what was I going to say? So, okay, so that oh, what's t- your question? Oh, three party system. Yeah, I, I don't hate the three party system. I think it's fun. I I do wish that like I don't know because you don't get Yuffie extremely early on like. Huge, I mean, spoilers. If you don't know some of the, if you don't know the story of Final Fantasy VII by now, sorry. Well, uh, well, but like, well. Let's let's. I still want to 
I still wanted to announce the spoilers because I mean, like oh, us, go ahead. like yeah, us, yeah, yeah, like okay. us, people are people may be going through this, you know, for the first time because this is a classic game podcast. But so spoilers, go ahead. Sure. I, the, the big one to say is obviously Aerith, right? At the end of the day, like it, it frustrates me because like Aerith as a character, I would love to have her throughout the game because she is very support oriented. She has right, her yeah. limit break as a heal, and like you know, her limit breaks are very interesting. Most people don't even get beyond like the third or fourth limit break she has. So it. it that for me is really frustrating. You don't get Yuffie for a, like a certain period of time. Same with Vincent. And oh, by the way, Vincent's limit breaks are so fun and they're really, really good too. I wish that you could have used them more in the early games because, you know, I don't know. They're just kind of cool. Vince, uh, Vincent. Yeah. Who's that? What? <laughs> Hold on a second. Am I saying the wrong name? No, yeah, Vincent Valentine, yeah, hundred percent. He's you're making me question myself, you jackass. <laughs> He's an optional character. You didn't. Get I him. never got him. Holy shit! What? I knew he was a Final Fantasy character. I thought he was like, I don't know what game I thought it was from. So, so, so his limit break. He has four of them, right? One for each each tier. He transforms into a creature, and he stays as that creature. You lose control of him. His final one, I think, it's called Gigas. Uh, no, I think that's the third one. Each one has an, usually an elemental attunement to it as well, but his his limit breaks, when you pop them, he is just a madman. You just cast haste on him and you just walk away because like he just does the <laughs> most damage. How do you get him? You get him in the base, but you know where Sephiroth's doing his research in Nibelheim? Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 like the like the basement kind of yeah, dungeon. Yeah, he's in there. You have to like, he's in a coffin in there. You go in there, you talk to him, he talks shit to you, you talk back and forth. And as long as you do the dialogue properly, oddly enough, he is, I think, a cousin or a brother of Sephiroth. He's an agent, I think, if I remember correctly. It's been a minute, but. Wow. Really cool character. His, his limit breaks are a uh, choice. He also has a, a shotgun, so. He had a whole game made something about him. Yeah, I remember. I do remember that. Um, yeah. Is that Dirge of Cerberus? Yeah, Dirge of Cerberus. Yeah, that's okay. Exactly right. uh, I can't believe I missed him. Like I did notice, like when that's you, too funny on the screen where you can spoilers like, for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on the screen where it shows like one of the screens where it shows all your characters. There's like one block that's empty. I was like, it looks like somebody's supposed to go there. Yep, you were right. Well, shit. Now I'm going to have to play it a third time. Now I got to play it again. Yeah. Get Vincent. Run Vincent Yuffie Cloud all the way through. Vincent Yuffie I don't like Yuffie, though. She's kind of a bitch. Really? I love Yuffie. Did you do the tower where she has to fight her father? Nope. I didn't do that. Yeah. She has to 1v1 her dad. It's a really fun Whoa. gauntlet. That sounds like... That sounds like some kind of insult. Like, I don't know. I don't I don't know what it would be, but like, uh, when we, I want to be one's your dad. Like... <laughs> Yeah, right. It, I mean, it kind of is in a way. It's uh, it's really cool. Not gonna lie, I really enjoy it. Wow. So I even missed a lot of stuff, and I didn't. I didn't like race through it either. Like I was genuinely enjoying the game so much that I would just get on and play for a while and not really care if I made a lot of progress. Um, I would just kind of like goof around, and do things, just because I was just enjoying it. Um, but I, I hate the section where you have to chase Yuffie all throughout the town because she steals all oh, your material. Yeah, for Wutai. Ah, oh, that was dude. That fight at the end too, when you fight Rasp too. What's his name? Rath too. Whatever the hell his name is. That mob is so hard. I don't even remember him. It's uh, Asp. That's his name. The the flying boss on the hit the mountain when you rescue Yuffie and you can't use. You don't have materia. You have to fight it without materia. Oh, I think I was like a little over leveled. Like really, none of okay. the none. Of the, I didn't have a problem. If you do that early on, it's one of the hardest fights, honestly. 
Okay, yeah, I think I did it a little bit later than you can. Um, but uh, what else was I going to say? Um, so story wise, so yeah, like a lot of the <laughs> like a lot of the Final Fantasy games, it's it takes a environmental slant. Like, so the the premise of the story is there's this mega corporation Shinra, and they are sucking this kind of like spiritual life force out of the planet called Mako. And they're using it to power cities and stuff. Um, you start off as part of a, uh, I mean, pretty much they're like eco terrorists <laughs> yeah. um, that are trying to blow up Mako reactors so that Shinra will stop. Like essentially they're like kind of bleeding the, the planet dry. Um, and they want to, they're trying to stop that. So you're part of this operation to, to stop that. Um, and then that kind of, of course, just blows up into like a big story of cloud. Who's the main character. You kind of, you just figure out stuff about his backstory. He was, um, in this, in a, in a, like a, the, the Shinra's own kind of private military called the, the military itself is called soldier. He was a soldier in soldier, uh, along with uh, a character named Sephiroth, <laughs> along with a character called Sephiroth, who becomes the villain of the game, and uh, like basically what what's happening is Sephiroth is an ancient, which is a race of people that visited the planet a long, long time ago, and they're trying to find the promised land, and what he and they've moved they've since moved on but he and i'm leaving out a lot of stuff that's kind of spoilery yeah um this is like a tldr yeah he um his plan is to cause a like a huge like basically wound the the earth very badly um so that it has to pour all of its energy into this wound to so that earth will heal itself. And what he's going to do is go there at that time and basically suck up all of the Mako energy that the earth is using to heal itself. So he becomes like the most powerful thing in the world. And his plan to do this is he has summoned a giant meteor to hit earth so that he summoned this meteor. It's on its way. It's going to smash into earth at some point when it does, He's going to go suck up all the energy. Um, of course, this is going to cause huge damage to Earth and kill a bunch of people at the same time. So you all are trying to say st- it's going to kill everybody. It's going to kill everybody. So you're trying to stop him. Um, oddly enough, Shinra is actually trying to stop him also. But like you, it's, it's for various reasons that are explained, just not extremely well. You're trying to stop Shinra from stopping him because you don't trust that Shinra is going to going to do it best or for the right reasons or something so you're like stopping Shinra's plans to stop him so that you can go stop him yourself um, this is basically Cloud and you know Cloud Cloud with the help of all of his friends um, but it's more or less Cloud's idea to, to stop to stop him and I guess Barrett a lot has, has a lot of say so in it as well that's the general story of the game um, throughout this you find like especially later in the game stuff about cloud's backstory. Like, is he really even who he thinks he is? 
enjoyed that part, by the way. A lot of people hate that. I enjoy that shit. I actually did too. I thought that was really cool. My only, really my only complaint with the story in general is that, like, I thought all that was fine. My complaint is that, like, it's not really resolved very well, especially, especially the stuff about Cloud figuring out is he... And again, I'm, I'm being vague here because I don't think it's necessary to spoil this part. He he starts questioning, is he really who he thinks he is? And then what it turns into is just, oh, uh, in the end, was fight of, was, we, we fight Sephiroth, we kill him, and everything's fine. It's like, wait a minute. Why? So what ha- what about Cloud's backstory? Like, do we just not care about that anymore? And there are story reasons why killing Sephiroth stops the meteor. And that's fine, but it's like, it turns it like there are some interesting st- things going on, but it just all eventually turns into kill the bad guy. Yeah, it gets very convoluted, and then at a certain point, they're just kind of like, "Fuck it." Yeah, like I don't know, but just kill just kill Sephiroth, and everything's gonna be good. <laughs> like that's what it comes down to. Uh, so yeah, story I thought was fine, except for just it wasn't resolved. Um, I also thought Red Thirteen's backstory was really good. Oh, I thought you were going to talk shit on it. I love, dude, at the end when he sees his father. Yeah, yeah. That every time gets me. It's such a good scene. It really is. Like, he, so just the backstory, quick quick, quick rundown of Red 13. He's like a wolf type character. And uh, he lives, he, he's from this clan of, of, of other wolf type characters. And he talks several times about how, like, his father was a coward. And, like, at one point they were attacked by... Was it was it even Shinra? It was something else, wasn't no, it? No, it's like those demon things, whatever they are. Yeah, something that like that. That you fight underneath the city. Yeah, and um and his and his father just ran away. And then like yeah. of course later on you come to learn something else about his father and it was really, really like very like a heartwarming emotional. yeah, like a really emotional moment, like handled really well for you know I usually run Red Thirteen in my party, no joke. I oh, love do you? Red Thirteen. He's yeah, pretty cool. I didn't use him, but I did when at one point you get the this black materia and you have to give it to somebody like who oh, you yeah. trust most to hand to, to give it to and I gave it to Red Thirteen. Hundred percent, I would absolutely trust him the most because he's so trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, even though I didn't use him, like his character was really cool. Um, one other th- another thing is, I feel like the encounter rate is perfect in this game. I never felt. You're right on that, huh? I actually agree with you on that. That's kind of talk about pacing before too, because like, yeah, it, it, it get you know there are times when it's obviously very grindy and you're going from like a point to a point and it gets a little annoying. But I, I will say for the for the most part, the amount of fights that you do, it's not egregious. It really isn't. Uh-huh. It's not like Earthbound. <laughs> no, it's not. It's yeah, it's really not at all. Um, so there's that. I'm trying to think of it. Oh, oh, and and so the music is actually. Oh yeah, of course much better than I even remembered. I, I remembered it being fine. Like, you know, like it does the trick, but I don't know why I only thought it was just good enough because playing it through this time, I was like this soundtrack, like final fantasy six obviously came before this one. And that has one of the best soundtracks ever. This game almost does just as good as final fantasy six. Like the, um, the the music that you get when you like kind of finally unlock the open world is oh, yeah. just like it gives you this sense of it, it gives you a sense of exploring like a huge An world adventure yeah and especially when you are in the uh, when you get the airship um great, I don't even great I, track. yeah it is 
fantastic. It's, it's just awesome. It, like you just feel awesome when you're going in the, when you get the airship and you're going around in that to wherever you need to go. Uh, Eris's or Aerith's uh, music is really good. And uh, another spoiler here for about the next maybe 20 or 30 seconds. Um, when Eris dies, I keep calling, I don't know whether to call her Eris or Aerith anymore. When, it, when Aerith dies, it plays like the same theme that it played when you saw her for the first time. And it just like works. So it just like tore me up hearing that music during her death scene. Like the scene itself is fairly straightforward, but with her like intro theme music played on top of it, like something about that just like took it like five more levels. Uh, it just was so well done. And like the music through the whole game is just great. It's a great soundtrack. And and also like some of the some of the soundtrack. By the way, probably my favorite boss battle music of any Final Fantasy, not gonna lie. I love that theme song. Which one? The boss battle music. Oh, oh, I just can the literally play it. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. On command. It is just one of those like it just gets you going. Like there are certain boss fights that you do in that game, like Materia Keeper, uh, Airbuster. Like those two fights every single time. I I think Airbuster is the first time you hear it, actually, if I'm not mistaken. No, I think do you hear it for uh, the first boss, I the guard scorpion. Rem- I don't remember. Also, sound effects are great. I love the casting noise when you cast Materia. Uh, that, like screeching noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my only compl- my only complaint about the game is a pretty small one: is that the mini games suck. <laughs> oh, in Gold Saucer. All in Gold Saucer and elsewhere. Anytime there's any mini game type thing, it in- inevitably sucks the only one that i didn't hate was the one that's not even really a mini game it's just where you're doing battles in the gold saucer oh yeah the battle arena. F- yeah you see how far you can get um yeah that was pretty fun but that was because like the motorcycle it, one it's a little frustrating but the motorcycle one probably has the least terrible controls but they're still pretty bad they're like, pretty bad so so they have terrible controls all of them do especially the the um snowboarding Oh yeah, that is the most frustrating thing in the world, isn't it? (laughs) It's so bad. Um, you know what? I will say the the like shooting gallery one wasn't too bad, where you're like on a roller coaster shooting stuff. Oh yeah, that one was a little frustrating. It's hard, but I I didn't feel like I was cheated by the controls in that one. Um, most of them have terrible controls because it's an RPG trying to do like little you know like twitch based mini games, and it just does not work. The snowboarding one, you have like terrible control over your turns and stuff. The, uh, the motorcycle one is, is not bad, but it's still a little bit rough. rough. It doesn't like the controls are not very responsive. And like the, even the attacks are not like very responsive. Um, but also there are, they often have very bad instructions on what you're supposed to do. It'll say like press X to speed up. So you're like, okay, so am I just supposed to press X once and he goes to max speed? Or, like, do I hold X? Or do I have to press it a bunch of times? Like, there's no explanation. It's like, it's like it's just the most basic, like, uh, X makes you go faster. And then there's one where, <laughs> you know the one where it's like a little story about Mog? Yeah, the acorn thing. <laughs> the acorn, acorn that you've had to feed him? There's just, like, a little arcade machine you're at, and you're watching this story play out about, like, a Moogle named Mog and he's basically wanting to mate. And, uh, but first he has to learn how to fly. The whole thing is like way too drawn out. Uh, and then like, he's like, okay, so you got to make sure Mog eats enough, um, 
but then he doesn't eat too much. So he eats enough to get strong, but doesn't eat too much to get weighed down. And then the only the only instruction you get is when it's time for him to eat, it says, press circle to feed Mog. So you're like, all right, I press circle, he eats. And then he's just sitting there. Well, you just and, don't feed him too much. <laughs> right, well, that's the thing. But it doesn't say that. It just says, it tells you, press circle to feed Mog. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm supposed to press circle to feed Mog. I press it again. I sit there and wait a minute. It still says it. I press it again. It still says it. And, and I wait a little bit in between each time. I'm like, cause I'm like, I don't know if it's telling me like only if I want, only if I think he needs to eat or if it's telling me he needs to eat right now, feed him. So like I keep pressing it and eventually I failed because what you're supposed to do is like listen for his stomach rumbling, which is very yeah. quiet. And when his stomach rumbles, then you don't feed him, but it still says press circle to feed him, but you're supposed to wait like an extended period of time. It's like 10 seconds or something like that of just staring at the screen before it's like, Oh, okay, let's see now. Oh, you fed him just the right amount. Now he can fly around and go find a mate. And then you have to go through that whole thing again. Like it's, uh, it's just like the mini games, like they did not do a good job. Then there's the one where there's like the, it's almost like a tower defense game where like the guys are climbing up the mountain. You're supposed to defend. Oh yeah. I actually enjoyed that game. Oh gosh. That one was maybe a little bit better in some ways, but it's so slow. It takes it like so long. For, even if you boost the speed up to max, it takes the bad guys so freaking long to climb up the mountain that it, I just could not do it. And then my favorite one was the submarine chase. Oh, God. <laughs> when you get the submarine, you're chasing after like another submarine. And it gives you all these detailed instructions about like, all right, make sure you lock on. This button goes up. This button goes down. If you lock on, then you can press this button. If this or hap- this or that happens, then you got to do this. And then literally all you do, I just started mashing the missile button and, and, and I won in like five seconds. Like, yep, that's right way to go. <laughs> it, just, it gives you like five screens of instructions. And then all you do is just shoot as many missiles as fast as you can and you, and you, and you destroy the other submarine. It's like, good job. <laughs> like I almost couldn't tell if they did that as a joke or not. It was like so absurd, but, uh, but that like really the mini games are my only complaint. Like there are a couple parts, like I said, like Yuffie's section where you're chasing her through town and she keeps hiding and you have to find her. That was pretty annoying. But, uh, overall, like the game is really, really well done. And it's, it's how long is it? Like, is it 30 or is it, it was either 30 or 35 hours? Yeah. I'd say 35, 40 hours, something like that. 35. And like, maybe, maybe more depending on what you do for side quests and shit. But I never felt that it was overly drawn out. Like I was almost always having fun. Yeah. Yeah. The pacing of it, like I keep saying that word, but it, it, it the pacing of the game is really, really good. Yeah, it really is. Um, uh, you know, it, story you know whether you have complaints about the story or not like the story moves forward at a very good pace and as we talked about earlier like there, there's not too much grinding obviously there are dungeons that you're gonna have to go through we're gonna have to fight a bunch of guys but the encounter rate's not too crazy and even like just just starting off the game like it starts off moving it starts off when you're in the middle of you're a mission. right into it yeah you're, you're yeah you're jumping into the mission and uh like it gets straight to the action like honestly everything like is probably probably one of the Maybe the best paced RPG that I've ever played. Yeah, because usually when you play an RPG, like you, they do like this huge front load of story, and uh-huh. you're just like, shut up, like let me just play my character and get going. And yeah, that game's like, oh yeah, you're Cloud. I'm gonna slowly introduce these characters, and boom, 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 like oh, all this stuff's happening, and you need to keep up. And it's just like, okay, 
Yeah. They did a fantastic yeah. job of that. So amazing game. I, I, I think it, in my, in my opinion, it definitely lives up to the hype. Um, I feel like it's, it's aged well also. Like I didn't play it when it was, when it originally came out. So I can't really say, but I don't feel like it lacks anything um, playing it, you know, in a modern day uh, context. Uh, real quick, Jay, I got a question for you. How do you like your, so the summons in this game, as we mentioned earlier, they're materia, but the way a summon works is it's basically a, it's basically a, just a powerful spell that you can only cast a limited number of times. And that takes a lot of uh, MP, but that's not how summons always work. So even in, even among final fantasy games, it, it varies like the way that they function. Uh, how do you like your, what, what, what do you like your summon mechanic to be? Do you like it to be like a, a cast where it's just, it just does damage or uh, like, do you like it to, I mean, I guess that is how a lot of the final fantasy games do it, but not even all of them. Um, you know, final fantasy 10 has it where you, it comes out and it's basically like another party member for as long yeah. as it's out. Um, I was going to say, I think 10 might be my favorite the way that they do it. I, I just really enjoy the fact that it's another resource at your disposal. And there are times when it's like really advised that you use summons because like, I think of um, the Seymour fight. Like that fight alone, having the summon, having summons available to you is just, it makes the fight that much more manageable. I don't know. I really like the, that system a lot. To be honest. I do. You know, that's, that's one of my favorite ones too. Um, that, and that was my first exposure to summons in general. And f- so for me, that was like, that was just how they were. And when I played it, when I played games that handled them in other ways, I was like, wow, this isn't right. Uh, but that was just because final fantasy 10 was the first one that I played. Um, I, I'm kind of with you. I like those a lot. Another uh, another way I like them is that in some games they're handled like where the kind of like Final Fantasy X, where they basically come out as another party member, but yeah. but the summon itself, like you don't have control over what actions it does. It will choose what kind of yeah. I don't, it I don't mind that either. That's kind of how Vincent's Limit Break is as well. Oh, is it? If you ever try, <laughs> I like that too because it, it makes it feel more like an actual like you are summoning a thing to come help you, and it's going to help yeah, you how like, you it wouldn't wants. be able to control it, right? Right, right, right. In that regard, yeah. Um, Okay, anyway, that was just curious about that. What well, who's your I think you might have already said this. Who do you say your party is that you like to use? Um I do I do a different party every time. Uh I What's generally try party? to incorporate uh, Red 13 when I can. I like Kate Sith a lot. I love Sid. I, I honestly like love really enjoy all the characters. Tifa's limit breaks are really fun to micro as well. Oh, are they? Okay. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh, especially late game when you have like six or seven of them and you're just pumping. Oh my gosh. Nice. Well, uh, that's Final Fantasy VII, as as I think everybody can tell. We're we're both big fans, and yeah. uh, like I said, I think it holds up absolutely fantastically. Good overview, love it. All right, yeah, that was fun. Um, all right, Jay, let's go on to our New Year's resolutions. Do you have some? I hope you do. I have two. I have two. I was gonna put some more in there, but I really. There are two that I felt were very organic, or organic, authentic, however you want to put it, uh, in a way that there are actually things that I want to really push on. Like that you're realistically gonna gonna actually try to do. Well, 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 yeah, that too. I mean, the, honestly, honest truth, yeah, that's part of it as well. So, <laughs> so real real quick uh, recap: last year, these were our New Year's resolutions. Mine were uh, Goldeneye. I played that one. Star Fox sixty four. Played that one. That was one of our. That was our freaking. What's it called? Game of the quarter. Game of the uh, quarter. Yeah. Metal Gear for Nintendo. I did not play Metal Gear. Um, Blade Runner 
the point and click adventure game. I did play that one. It was awesome. Well, it was very good. And Bushido Blade, which I did not play. Yours. Oh were... man, Bushido Blade. <laughs> yeah, I still want to play it sometime. I I didn't put it on my list, uh, for, on my new list for this year, but I, it still sounds really cool. Um, yours were quote another ro- roller coaster tycoon game. So I think you played the first one, and you said you were going to play one of the other ones. I don't think you did that. I. Pretty sure I did actually, because I, I know I played. Play the second yeah, I'll, let me see. Let me look. I can just look on our website too. Thank God for the search function. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I, I de- I've definitely played some more of them this year. Maybe I should okay, talk maybe, about maybe, you, maybe you did do that one. I'll keep on going if you, while you're looking at it. Yeah, yeah, it was episode one sixty eight. No, sorry, episode one twenty. This is a, this is further back then. Never mind. Oh, Not this like, past year. Okay. Yeah. You said anyway, you wanted. To, you said you wanted to play Half Life. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Um, quote, another game from the Onimusha series, probably Tactics. Didn't. Yep, did not happen. A game from the Mystical Ninja series. I don't think that one happened. Not um, this past year, no. And some randomizers. I think you might have done one or two. I was say, I think I did some stuff with randomizers, but yeah. Okay. Well, it doesn't matter whether you held to them or not. This is just kind of... Go back sure. and recap. Uh, no, nobody, nobody actually. Th- this is all pointless anyway. <laughs> nobody cares. I just think they're fun to do. Um, so for this year, our new year, so the games that were that we want to try to play with no guarantees throughout 2022. Uh, so you've got two. I went ahead and did the full five. So I'll I'll start us off for my fifth one, Jay. Actually, I want you to pick between two. These are these are both games that uh that you have made me want to play. Um, so I thought it would be, and I couldn't decide which one. So I thought it'd be prudent to let you pick for my number five, Jay, you tell me IQ intelligent cube or populous. Ooh, two different types of games. I think, uh, well, so I'm going to throw a little bit back to you. So populous would be more of like, uh, you probably want to play through the entire campaign to get the full effect of it. Uh, intelligent cube, you can sit down and play for an hour and, and get away with it. So I would say kind of based on what your needs are. It either may one. Drive I, think, I think my needs can vary because we, I've got a whole year to fit either one, one way or the other. Populous. Okay. Yeah. Populous is a, 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 you know, it's not a fantastic game, but I really enjoy it. And I would love to hear your perspective on it. I think you might get really frustrated with it, to be honest with you. Well, you've talked a lot about it for like basically the beginning of the podcast, since like the beginning sure. of the podcast. So I definitely have been wanting to get to it eventually. And I was like, I just need to finally bite the bullet and do it. And so, but also intelligence cube sounded cool too. So I think this is, I think this is a solid one. My number four is paper Mario. Oh, I uh, haven't played that one. That's the Nintendo 64 one. Let me know when you play that. Cause I'm actually playing that beside you. I've played it. Okay. I've played through that game so many times, but I really enjoy playing it every time. Okay, cool. You talk about the 64 one, right? Yeah. 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 Nintendo 64. Yeah. And then, I wanted to, so I wanted to add another RPG into my new exploration of RPGs. I also wanted to uh, throw in another Dreamcast game because I haven't played a bunch of those. Wow! So I have to go with I think what is the the natural selection there, the natural choice there, which is Skies of Arcadia. It's supposed to be the best RPG on the Dreamcast, one of the best RPGs ever. Um, so that's what. So that's my number three is Skies of Arcadia. Oh. Um, down to number two, Jay. What's so going on to you now? What what what's your second most important one that you want to try to play this year? Uh, 
Number two for me is I want to continue playing through old school MMOs. I've played through probably eight or Man, nine. How many are left? Less. There's quite a few, surprisingly. Like, I haven't talked about EverQuest. I haven't talked about Dark Age of Camelot. I haven't talked about RuneScape. Like, there's a lot of really big ones that I haven't even touched that I would love to at least spend some time on and talk through them a little bit on the podcast this year. Wow, okay. Tell me whenever you yeah. just go into one of those. I might I might jump into it and give it a shot. Okay, I'll hit you up for that. Um, all right. My number one is uh, Super Mario Sunshine. Oh, that's a good, that's a great game. Is it? I've, I've heard mixed things. Yeah. No, Super Mario Sunshine. Like I, I, I would play that right now. Real talk, it's such a fun game. This is the, this is the. Were it's there, frustrating. Okay, were there multiple Mario games on Cube. GameCube? Yeah, or uh, yeah, there was this, and then um, Galaxy, right? Gal was Gal. I thought I was thinking Galaxy was Wii. Was it Wii? I, I don't know. You might be sure. right. Let me see. You might be right. It is the Wii. Okay, so there was only one. Okay, so there was just the... one for the GameCube. Yeah, that's, that's what I was wondering too. Like, well, I'll look it up and see. But I, regardless, I'm pretty sure this was. If there were two, this was at least the first one. We're pretty sure, right? Uh for the GameCube, absolutely. I think it, it was like one of one of the earlier releases, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um. So yeah. So anyway, this is my 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 purpose in this was going to the next game in the Mario series that I haven't played for the podcast or I haven't played period. So I, I, the last game that I, the last Mario game I played for the podcast was Mario 64. So I'm just going on to the next one, which is, yes. I think super Mario sunshine. I think so as well. And yeah. I've never, I've never played it. So I've, as I said, I've heard mixed things, but you're a fan. Big fan. One? Big fan. Okay. Hunter loves that game too. We talk about it all the time. Yeah. It looks like this is uh let's see. Are there any others? Mario. No, okay. This, this, is, this is the only oh, Mario. Ahead. This this was the only like main Mario game on GameCube. Okay, I'll I'll be honest. I enjoy this game more than sixty four. I think the controls are much more fluid. I can see that. I, I believe it. Yeah. Okay, sweet. So that's my number one is uh, Super Mario Sunshine. What about you? What's your number one? Yeah, I kind of alluded to this earlier in the episode. I want to spend more time with uh, CRPGs this year. I, I want to go back and try maybe potentially like some of the Baldur Baldur's Gate games. Um, and realistically, just kind of explore more. I want to play through Divinity, which is obviously not a classic game. I'm going to play through um, Path of Righteousness, the, which is another newer game. But I also want to revisit some of the older ones to see how they hold up. I'm nervous that some of the quality of life things like, that were missing in Icewind Dale might be a bit of a you know deal breaker. But I'm going to at least give it a shot, You know, spend five or ten hours, whatever it is, just to get acclimated to see if it's worthwhile to do. Cool. Yeah, I mean, Baldur's Gate, those games are supposed to be amazing. Have you played them before? A long time ago, I played a lot of them. I think I played Dark Alliance uh, for the PS2 a lot, if I, if I remember the system correctly. Oh, really? Uh, but it's been a very long time. Okay. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. All right, well, let's jump into emails. We, we have one. Let me, let me refresh and make sure. I think, I've been, I think I've had this tab pulled open for like a day. Okay, here we go. Um, from guess who? Chase the Night Cleaner. Chase the Night Cleaner. 
He says, hello, gentlemen, Chase Night Cleaner over here, just trying to enjoy the new car smell of 2022 as I work out this email. And we are starting with a bang. Every day that goes by, I get more tempted to just pull the trigger on those damn Final Fantasy repixeled, <laughs> repixeled versions on Steam. Uh, but a part of me thinks that Square Enix might announce might announce them on some consoles for Final Fantasy's 35th anniversary this year. I'm also having a good time with Final Fantasy 14 when I can lo- when I can log on. Yeah, I, I feel you. Classic. I'm enjoying this story and the gameplay, and folks I play with are super nice. It's weird as WoW and Guild Wars as a WoW and Guild Wars refugee, where I'm used to getting yelled at if we almost wipe in a dungeon. Uh, but it might be because I'm. Pl- it might also be because I'm playing a healer this time around, and everyone wants me to perform well, so they treat me nice. Nope, it's just a different community. No, yeah, it is. Yeah, I was gonna say that too. It's just an entirely different community. Um, it's kind of known for being very. They they do a lot to encourage people to be nice and it really worked it's, it's really like worked phenomenally well just uh the yep. final fantasy 14 community is, is really solid enough about me how are you how was the holiday and how is the new year treating you so far i'm doing good we kind of talked about yep. that earlier which brings me to my question of the day what's the strangest new year's resolution you have ever heard of or or tried yourself i had a relative strange that i've done rather but I've had a relative once commit to a year of not passing gas publicly. <laughs> Man, they must have been a, uh, a problem. Child. Yeah, did they have? Like, yeah, I didn't think about. It. Did they have an issue with this? I can't confirm if they stuck that one out, and I'm not sure. I want to know. How do you prove that one? Yeah. Uh, do you have any weird ones that you or anybody you know of have, have done? Anything stand out? Not particularly. No. I don't think I do either. But there, I did hear. The weakest, the weakest ass uh, New Year's resolution I've ever heard was just this year. Uh, I actually, I didn't hear it myself. My wife said she overheard somebody in like a store saying it, that their New Year's resolution was going to be to drink more water. You know, I'll be honest with you. I don't hate that because they're, Dude. at least I'm in Arizona. That is a thing that a lot of people focus on because realistically, it is super easy to not drink enough water here. Okay. I get what you're saying. It's like, it's like, sell, like, duh type thing. But it is one of those things that a lot of people struggle with for some, some but reason. I drink a ton of water. so th- You're going to make that be like, oh, congrats to me. This year, I drank more water. No, just start drinking more water, you idiot. Don't, that. that well, I'll be honest, anybody be... who does New Year's resolutions in general is probably not that type of person to begin with. Because, I mean, you know, people I mean, who do New Year's resolutions usually get made fun of in a way, you know. You're right. Kind of you're you're kind of right. Um, but that just seems like usually when you if, if you are picking a resolution, it's at least something that's challenging. Like, sure. yes, drinking water. Very important. I I agree. I drink water all day long. That's almost all that. Like throughout a day, like I usually don't drink anything but but water. Besides, like, besides like tea or coffee in the morning. Um, but, like, yes, so that's a good thing for sure. But to make that be, like, this is my goal. I'm going to see if I can do it. That's weak. Like, you could at least make something that's a, that takes effort to do. Like not drinking soda, reducing caffeine. Yeah, that, I mean, you know, even that. Even that's, a, even that's a much better one. Like, if you drink a lot of Coke, like, cut back on Coke. Like, that is a lot more... Of a commitment to just drink more water. Fair point. 
Um, I'll be honest with you. I just I, I I usually just make fun of people for New Year's resolutions because I think people who generally do that uh, fail in most cases. Like if you're going to do those types yeah. of things, and this is kind of get off a tangent, you should make those modifications throughout the year. If you try to do them for New Year's, you'll usually fail and fall off. So yeah, I mean it's like the classic cliche, right? Of people who sign up for a gym membership and then go the first week oh, of January. I hate those people. No offense. The, those are the worst people to work out near. <laughs> oh my God. They're, they're just so rude like they don't understand basic like gym etiquette and like i get it you've you never been to the you haven't been to the gym i get that but like holy but you're shit flooded them, I usually, by them all what, at once <laughs> yeah usually at the beginning of the year if i'm going to the gym i will take the first month off of the year because it is just uh-huh. like that frustrating to deal with yeah I which totally, is really first world problem me but you know yes so no 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 but yeah i mean i 100 percent agree um and I, and I generally feel the same way as you. Like, yeah, New Year's resolutions, I think, are kind of lame. Because it's like... Kind of a meme, to be honest. Yeah, just do it. Just do it or don't. Like, don't make it... it they, they also kind of seem, like, self-congratulatory. Like Exactly. That, and that's actually negative. That's kind of bad, right? Like, if you get the reward before you do the action, your odds of doing the action are, are less... Yeah, right. Exactly. Because you say, I'm going to do yeah. this. And everybody's like, good for you. You're oh, going to do that. You. Good on you. But you hadn't actually done anything yet. You just said you're yep. going to. Um, I have people in, my, people in my life that do that a lot. And it drives me nuts because I'm like, oh, congratulations. You're not going to do it now because you know, you've yep. already gotten the reward. Yeah, 100%. What, what I have tried to do in the past couple years, with, with especially with my daughter, is like I'll say, instead of a New Year's resolution, I'll say, hey, let's pick something that something new that we want. And, and this goes back to me being obsessed with, with hobbies basically. But I say, of course, let's pick something that we want to learn or like get better at this year. And that's, that's the way I approach it with her. So it kind of gives us something fun that we're going to, again, something new that we're going to learn how to do or something that we already like doing that we're, you know, like some kind of skill, like she paints a lot, like something that we're just going to try to, like something that we're going to try to improve at. And I think that's, Kind of similar, but like I think it's a di- big different from like that kind of like we were kind of saying like that kind of self congratulatory like I'm gonna do this. Is everybody proud of me for saying that like type thing? Yeah, I, I have people in my life that do that, and it it really frustrates me because I I want them in a lot of cases they're doing things that I want them to do because they are things that I consider to be negative in their life, and it really frustrates me when they do that because I my concern is that they're not gonna do it and it, yeah. It just makes it makes me sad because I really wish that people took it more seriously in that regard. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I I hear you. Super soapbox, but you know. Yeah, that's all right. Hey, we got we we have a soapbox. We might as well use it. Soapbox podcast. <laughs> Do you have any games you want to talk about for current games? Thank you very very much, Chase, for the email. As always, though, uh, we appreciate it. Jay, uh, or I said I said I said, I said thank you though. I didn't mean thank you though. I meant I meant just thank you. <laughs> Chase, thanks for the email. <laughs> sorry. As always, Chase. As always, we, we really appreciate it. Jay, I'm sorry. What were you, What have you played anything new? Mm, not particularly. Um, like I said, I started playing Divinity. I'm really enjoying that right now. Uh, spent a lot of time with it over the last week or so. Not not particularly. How about yourself? I have two. Um, one, I want to, I, I mentioned this very briefly, like one or two episodes ago. I, I, I want to give it a little bit more of a shout out because it's been surprisingly good because it's a, it's an iOS game or it might be, I'm not sure it might be on Android too, but it's a mobile game Wow! and uh, it's actually really good. So I, I want to give credit where credit's due. It's called meteor fall. 
Um, oh yeah, I mentioned this because this was the game that I played during battles on Destiny of an Emperor because they, uh, for Nintendo because they were so tedious. Um, it's Meteor Fall. It's a deck building game, and it's it's the mechanics are simple. All it is is you're you're fighting. It's you versus another guy, and you each have your decks, and a card will pop up, and you either swipe it one direction to use it or swipe it another direction to skip it and go to the next card. And like you have a certain amount, the, basically the game, the way the game works is you have a certain amount of stamina. When you skip a card, you uh, like you get some stamina back. You typically, not always, but typically have to have a certain amount of stamina to, to use a certain card. And then as you go through, you're like, you're leveling up your character, but more importantly, building up your deck to uh you know in a way with to so that you're you know as as any deck builders that your cards synergize with the rest of the cards in your deck you can upgrade cards and get new cards throughout your playthrough and it's just like you know matter of you know fight a bunch of bad guys then fight a boss do that a few times and you get to the final boss i got really kind of hooked on this game and uh i've now beaten it on hard mode with every alternate character wow (laughs) so like I, I'm completely, I mean, I'm basically 100% of the game, I guess. Um, but it is, I, I, if you need something on your phone, just to like, it's it's really easy to, um, you know, as addictive as it is, it's also really easy to like, if you just have a couple minutes to like play for a minute, then, then that's enough to get through like one or two bad guys. So I highly recommend Meteor Fall. It was really fun. I also played um, Resident Evil 2 Remake. I was... Inspired to go back because, you know, as as I told you last year, I played Resident Evil Village and absolutely loved it. And it kind of made me want to go back and play some of the other Resident Evil games. So I played RE2 Remake. Um, that came out just four or five years ago, I want to say. And I remember it getting a lot of buzz and people were saying it was really good at the time. I wasn't, I just was not interested in playing it then. But now that I am, I, uh, I played through the whole thing and it's very good. Like, not as good as Resident Evil Village because that game was phenomenal to me. But, like... It was as good as I could have asked for. Wow! It was it was scary, but at the same time, like it did the it did the the Resident Evil thing of a perfect balance between good solid action and actual good scariness. Um, and it just I love the cover for that game. Which one? I'll, I'll always remember that from renting it back in the day. Re two. Yeah. Oh, the original. Mm-hmm. Hold on, I gotta pull it up. I don't. I don't remember. Hold on. That was on PS1, right? That sounds right. Oh, with like the face, like half of the face and the... Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, A good one. Whenever I think of Resident Evil covers, I think of the very first one that has his like deformed looking... Like he's not supposed to be. He's supposed to look like a tough guy. But like he just looks like some kind of deformed weirdo. <laughs> like his face looks so bizarre. Um... And it didn't even look like any of the characters from the game. I don't even know what they were trying for. But anyway, that's that's all I think of when I think of Resident Evil covers. Anyway, I finished uh, Resident Evil 2, and it's, it's very, very good. Uh, oh. I highly recommend it. So if you don't have anything else, there's one more thing I want to make note of before we go. That sure. is uh, kind of a small announcement. Uh, Jay and I were just talking about this before the episode. This is kind of a new development very soon. And, and I don't know if it's going to be the next episode or not, but it just occurred to me that this could possibly be the next episode. So we need to let you guys know we're going to have a special guest on the podcast. That special guest is Paul Morgan Stetler. 
Paul Morgan Stetler is the actor who played the main character of Phantasmagoria, A Puzzle of Flesh. That is Phantasmagoria 2. It's not called Phantasmagoria 2, but that is the sequel to the original Phantasmagoria. Uh, These were both FMV point-and-click adventure games uh, done by Sierra. They They were horror games, as you can probably tell by just the title alone if you're not familiar with them. But um, he is honestly a really, really good actor. Uh, Phantasmagoria, A Puzzle of Flesh, kind of popped up on people's radars over the past couple years. Like people sort of started rediscovering it as like a very, like in many ways, very strange and like not great game, but like it does some really interesting things that I won't get into now, but we'll talk about that more when he comes on. Um. It kind of has the classic, like, 1990s FMV, like, awkwardness <laughs> a lot of the way through it. The game itself is, well, I can't speak too much about the game because I haven't played it all the way through yet. I'm working on it right now. But it's not known to be a great game. We'll, 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 we'll come to that conclusion on our own when we talk about it. But um, for all its weirdness and all of its maybe deficiencies... It actually has very good acting all throughout the entire game. And it does some other things, even outside of the acting, like writing wise, it does some really interesting things. And uh, even set wise, like the production value of the game was honestly pretty fantastic. So we'll talk more about that one or two episodes from now. But Paul Morgan Stetler has started his own stream slash YouTube channel slash Patreon, where he's kind of going back and revisiting phantasmagoria a puzzle of flesh uh because it it was it's he's doing it for its 25th anniversary which is basically i don't know i don't remember if that was this year or or last year but for the anniversary he's been doing this stream where he's interviewing other people who have been involved with the phantasmagoria games talking about his own experiences with the phantasmagoria games and i thought i would get in touch with him to see if he wanted to come and join us and he has uh he has said that, that that he would like to so he's gonna be on when he comes on all depends on when I am first able to finish a puzzle of flesh um, because I want to do that first. Then we're going to interview him. And if that's in time for the next episode, then he's going to be on the next episode. If not, it'll be two episodes from now. So what I want is for, if you have any questions for Paul, please send them, please email them to us and I will ask him um, mail at classic gaming podcast.com. Do that sometime like before you hear from us next because the next time you hear from us could be the the episode that he's on so if you have any questions at all for paul please send those in and as always send in your emails as usual mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. um jay did i cover everything is that all clear or i'm, I'm sure i covered it too 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 thoroughly. yeah I th- no i think that was i think that was perfect um our game of the quarter quick reminder is final fantasy 8 we'll be talking mm. about that <laughs> We'll be talking about that uh, the end of March. And I think that's it. Um, it's good to be back. Thank yes. you, thank you everybody for listening. Um, I'm King Octavius. You can follow me on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at Class Gamescast. Please leave us reviews on iTunes, on whatever platform you listen to us on. It, it's very helpful. It's also really, really helpful just to tell other people about us. It helps us out a lot. And as always, we're a member of the HP Video Game Podcast Network. And that's all I've got for you guys. Jay, anything before we go? No, I think you covered everything really well. Thank you very much for listening. Yeah, thank you, everybody. We'll be back in about three.